Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 280 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapares. Who else is here in the ethereal Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio with me? Spiderless Chris Antista. And Spider-Full Mike Williams. Oh, oh special guest. <laughs> Introducing himself. <laughs> U.S. Gamers Mike Williams? It is! Oh my god! <laughs> oh. Aren't you so excited? That's amazing. You've just a little finished, jealous Spider-Man reviewer. Spider yeah, yeah. And Super Dad Matthew Allen. Hey! Yay! <sighs> That's my <laughs> simulated you. crowd Thank noise. <laughs> We've got a fun show ahead, as many of you might be aware, unless you've been living under rocks or don't obsessively follow everything the game industry does. Spider-Man, the hotly anticipated PS4 game, is finally out this week. None of us have played it because, well, actually, no, that's a lie. Mike Williams has played it. Uh, the rest of us have played, what, demos? Demos. Yeah. Well, I'm not playing it because the puddle tech is not as promised. Oh! I just refuse to play. That's how I know you're a real gamer. <laughs> Does somebody have the Puddle Tech Twitter yet? <laughs> Someone must have. Please Someone has that. to have picked that up. How are the puddles in this game, Mike? The puddles are excellent. They are so full of artistry and majesty. Like, you can tell that there was just a single puddle artist going, does this puddle feel right? Does it look like the rain would really hit here? What about the lighting? Like, you could tell Insomniac has one puddle person just doing the, <laughs> the greatest work ever. Are they like perfect ray-traced reflections that'll uh, bring your dead pets back to life? It cured all of my aches and pains, mm -hmm. and now uh, I have 20-20 vision. I used to wear glasses, but after Spider-Man, I can see perfectly. <laughs> Hallelujah, the puddle healed him. Of course, we're referring to Puddlegate. Uh, ah. I don't, it's, what a stupid name! <laughs> is it even worth bringing up? Uh, like, there, yes, that there's no there's no low in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. I'm moving. I love that Insomniac's official response when when people are like, "It's not as many puddles as as we saw in the previous gameplay." They're like. There's plenty more puddles in the game. <laughs> like... Yeah, no, I actually put at the end of my review like four or five different pictures of puddles just to be like, look, they're still in the game. <laughs> You're going to be so sick of puddles. There'll be so many puddles in this game. They'll have a puddles pity party. We'll get a middle-aged clown go. to show up with his band that shares that, that was name was a wonderful somehow. plug. Yeah. It even that. rains, which is like one big puddle. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, it's going to be a very superhero-themed week around here. Uh, we've got a top five that we put together. Since we'd previously done games based on comic books that aren't about superheroes, we thought, well, why... I did a whole video about that yeah, based on your top five. You did. I, I, we thought, uh, well, why not do one that's uh, games based on superheroes that aren't based on comics? So these are all original, quote-unquote, superhero games. They're not licensed they're all part of their own series. Well, uh, if we're cheating, that's almost all video games, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, right? I mean, really. we, we talked about, like, the Far Cry series before. By the end of it, you are a superhero or a god amongst men. Like, mm -hmm. you can do things no one else can. But specifically, yeah. we're referring to games that reference them as if they are superheroes. Well, I think it's also... Uh, certain things make a superhero game. It's like, well, do you suddenly develop uh, abilities that nobody else has and you remark on this quite a bit? Do you try to save or rescue people who are in trouble? Or, or are you just running around killing dudes? Because uh, that, that's a bit less heroic. 
I mean, you know, you, you got to have a scene where you say the kid's balloon uh, from flying right. away. You, you can't and, all be Nathan Draking around and yeah, murdering yeah. tons of people. Exactly. Then, then I would say at least some of these candidates seem a little bit off. Ah, <laughs> hmm. uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, we'll get into those right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. My ex-girlfriend like texts, how's your day going? Like, well, I shit in the kitchen. Um. <laughs> I was wondering, because it, unless it's coming out of both ends, that's typically, yeah. that's the sign that it's food poisoning. So it that, was, that's, that's, that's when it was official. Like, I was like, I've thrown up five times in a row the last time was like mostly all blood i don't have health insurance here so i don't have the option of not anything other than hoping this is going to get better uh on its own so i just try and go back to bed and of course i wake up and like it's it's going it's happening again from the other end and i get on there and it's just full jeff daniels dumb and dumber hold Mm -hmm. on to the side of the bowl my legs are in the air and you just get that feeling like it's coming up the other way I don't know, like, you ever seen those kids who can stack cups really fast? Like, what, <laughs> yes. what's the fastest way I can get my pants down, flush the toilet, but i, I got to start the toilet flushing first so it's all the way done by the time I start projectile puking into the... Ugh. So at the same time, the exact same, like, five convulsing, like, ha! <laughs> get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what, Chris? Uh, the non-superhero, non-comic superhero games. Yes, Aha. yes. Non-comic. Uh, no, sure. not to, I, what did I call it? Capeless heroes. Hmm. Well, Only because you, you blew my mind that there was a, a bone game that existed, and it was from Telltale. Yeah. And it made, made it a bone game, and no one told me? Two episodes. Wait, really? Yeah. Yes, yeah. right? I didn't know that either. Before Telltale made Walking Dead and stuff, they yep. made... That was Two like their, bone their first adventure game, which they made after like Telltale Poker. They, they they made that, and then yeah, it was Bone. They did two episodes, and then they got uh, Sam and Max from Lucas Arts, and were like, okay, we're doing this now. Uh, bone can go screw apparently because they haven't you made. A game you don't talk about Bone game. like that. Yeah, they only made it as far as the Great Cow Race. There's so much more Bone <laughs> to explore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And yes, I mean that sexually. <laughs> Let's just jump in with our... Number five. The agency is exploiting the work of disgraced scientist Dr. Baltazar Chernenko. His controversial human modification program is now being used to create new recruits for the agency. New agents of justice, capable of unparalleled evolution and regeneration. The agency's first prototype is ready to take to the streets. And not a moment too soon. This is war. A war on crime. I think this is probably the most dubious of all of our entries based on the criteria that I established in the previous section. Yes. It's like they're trying to... Only based on murder. They're trying to crack down on crime, if Mm -hmm. you will. (laughs) Yeah, so this is, of course, uh, Riot Act in in Japanese, (laughs) or Crackdown, if you're going by the Barbarian American title. Wait, wait, a different Japanese title? title? Hmm? I didn't even know it had a different Japanese title. Wow. Mm. And uh, yeah, focused on the Asian protagonist on the packaging. 
where I think we focused on the African-American one in the U.S. Now, are you saying this is a dubious entry because, I guess, well, spoiler, the ending? or Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> and, and also, you don't really help anyone. Like, you, you are a cop sent into, like, war-torn streets. You're basically organic RoboCop uh, out to just kill gang members <laughs> and cause as much damage as possible. And then there's that, that wonderful DLC where uh, you get the harpoon gun and you can just stick bodies to your car and uh, roll around like that through the city. You, you were you were there to murder as many street-level thugs as you can. <laughs> and, and, and at that point, I mean, there were cars there, and you would kind of just, like, pick them up yeah. or knock them over. And there were definitely people inside there. So, oh, yeah. I mean, like, heroism is, is kind of fuzzy there. Mm -hmm. But if it was good enough for the Incredible Hulk, then uh, it's good enough for us. But... Yeah, this is one of those games where you start out, like, it, it starts out feeling like a souped-up Grand Theft Auto clone, uh, where you're jacking cars and riding around in them. Eventually, the cars get to be kind of restrictive, so you just jump around the city uh, and climb on buildings and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, it's my, my favorite initial Xbox Live memory is uh, I was trying my best to get the roll a car 20 times feature, and a rando jumped in, and I was so uncomfortable with randos jumping in my game. He's like, nah, get in the car. I'll show you. Mm. And he was so powered up, he picked up the car with me in it, went to the top, jumped to the top of the tallest building. Is like, all right, stay in the car, and just threw the car, and it flipped 20 times as I careened to my death, <laughs> and I got there. <laughs> all right, so well, you can tell that guy heard this a few times. Your physical strength is increasing, Agent. You can now lift objects weighing just over half a ton and throw them roughly 130 feet. Damn, son. See? Yeah. That guy That guy is so far away from my Futurama Richard Nixon-esque impression of him. Yeah, Agent. Go it, Agent. <laughs> Great job, Agent. I'm your only friend, Agent. Only listen to me. Yeah, no, that's what, Michael McConaughey, I think, is the actor. All right, all right, all right. No, yeah. That's no, my cousin. No. That's my cousin, Mike. That's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> oh, he's thinking of a kid in a hall. Uh, <laughs> but um, well, one of the big reasons I'm putting Crackdown in here is it kind of established the template for open-world superhero games starting in the last generation where you run around collecting things and like there's there's a specific feel to crackdown that you can see kind of echoed in some of the other games that we're going to be talking about later on this list but like this is where it began and i think this is kind of where the xbox 360 began like when it started to move away from like up-res ports of chunky ass ps2 games and just started doing more of its own thing and remember like this was one of those it was an original game that nobody was that interested in at the time, except for the Halo 3 demo. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, uh, and that that was the point. Like, everyone was like, oh, we'll pick it up for Halo 3. And then you started playing, and you're like, wow, this is actually pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm still, I'm still over the moon excited for Crackdown 3. It's just weird because it's all based on the initial Crackdown. I didn't find a whole lot great about Crackdown 2. Yeah, Crackdown but, like, 2 was not great. Uh, it was, it, it kind of, it recycled the same city, but like ruined parts of it and then overran it with zombies. And I felt yeah. like the... It was a glorified expansion. Yeah, and, and the goals that you were facing felt simplified, even compared to the admittedly straightforward uh, tasks in the original. Your primary objective is to remove each gang's kingpin. Los Muertos charismatic Don Domingo El Brazo Garcia. The Volt's autocratic Vladimir the Wolf Goliak, 
and the Shy Jen's enigmatic Wang. <laughs> Gotta get that in there. <laughs> One more time for the cheap seats. Enigmatic Wang. <laughs> yeah, Crackdown 2. Also, like, it stripped away one of the best parts of the first Crackdown, which is that as your agent would turn into this, like, uh, buff Superman, like, your face would evolve. Like, you'd start out just looking like a normal dude, and then, like, you'd start putting on, like, all this war paint or, like, grow out these crazy dreadlocks or whatever, and it was really cool. And in Crackdown 2, you get to a certain level and you just put on a helmet, and that's it. You don't get to see your agent's face past a certain a level. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so it was... It was a disappointing sequel, but uh, obviously I have very high hopes for three. And now with three, your face is Terry Crews. Yeah. And hopefully <laughs> you get to blow up buildings. <laughs> hopefully we'll all still be I'm alive so when that comes out. Right. <laughs> and if I, could give, if I can give one more plug. I saw for the second time Sorry to Bother You, which Terry Crews is briefly in. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. <laughs> Oh, that's Go a fantastic movie. movie. It's weird. It's very weird, but it's fantastic. And, and it's But like, you know how like a Coen Brothers movie is gets better when you know what's going to happen and you watch it a second mm-hmm. time. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. So you're Just saying had to say it you're saying it's like Lebowski material then? No, no, <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> but come on, you didn't know where that fucking movie was going when you first. No, saw it. that's true. I didn't. That was amazing. But I didn't. I saw Forrest Whitaker on the IMDb, but not like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to number four. How about a lead sandwich? Back, I'm hit. I'm hit. Uh, if the cheesiness is cluing anyone in, Matt seems to know the what voice it is. acting gave that one away. Uh-huh. That would be Freedom Force. Yes. So, anybody remember this game? Yeah, I've always uh, wanted to play more of it. So, Freedom Force was a tactical RPG developed by Irrational, and probably mm. the reason we don't really remember it. And probably the reason it, it never became like an ongoing thing was just Irrational's eventual closure. Because the last, so the first game was 02 or something, and then the last game was 05. 05. I say. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and but Irrational closed like years later after Bioshock Infinite. Well, they, so. they sort of got busy with Bioshock at yeah, that point, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, which was, yeah. Oh, God. When, when was Bioshock 1? 07? 07, 08. Something yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. So then they were the Bioshock studio after that. And then they got acquired by 2K. Um, but no, but Freedom Force was a tactical RPG, so think like XCOM style, hmm. where you had a team of superheroes who were close enough to resembling other characters that you are very familiar with from comic books without actually getting sued for infringing upon any yeah. licensing rights. Basically. Like you had the, the Captain America style hero Minuteman, the, who the Minuteman dressed yeah. up like a, a colonial pro wrestler and... Uh, yeah, he, he has a, a weird convoluted origin where he's an old man who'd worked on the Manhattan Project, and then he gets shot, and this happens. Bullet entered my heart, fading fast. Wait, statue of the Minuteman, glowing as if it were calling out to me. Power surging into me. Ah! I, I am growing younger, body bursting with strength. Feel like I could lift a thousand pounds. That statue must have been hit with some fantastic kind of energy. I like the way his voice changes. That's a good voice acting. From old man to to big chin superhero. Just that weird Silver Age expository dialogue that, like, you wouldn't really think about if you saw in a comic, and 
seeing it acted out or hearing it acted out it just sounds absolutely stupid but it was all yeah, it, it was intentional like it was meant to be over the top and cheesy and and the whole game though at the time it was pretty acclaimed like it was it was winning like best of with the tactical rpg genre at the time because it was a good game and it was trying new things the art style everyone loved the really comicky art mm-hmm. and it was loved. it was a dead ringer for jack kirby's style yeah, absolutely and and yeah, it was very really tongue in cheek and it actually it got that right cuz comedy's really tough to do in video games mm-hmm. and it it got close enough and it got it right where yeah it's one of those sort of lost franchises that i feel like someone could get the rights and bring it back because tactical RPGs you see like indie devs making them because they're Mm -hmm. not super expensive necessarily to make well it's also not quite tactical in that like it was when you say tactical RPG like XCOM like I I think of like turn based and this was more like an RTS fusion where except instead of an army you just have this squad of superheroes yeah and uh, who can do things like pick up cars and, and smash buildings which is pretty awesome yeah and the other really good thing about Freedom Force at the time, because I remember getting deep into it, is that you could make your own superheroes. Like, mm-hmm. it, it had a a thing where you could put a bunch of different powers, so you could, like, make, like, your Spider-Man somewhat, or, like, your Wolverine or whatever. So, uh, like, a lot of people had fun uh, with that. Uh, not Spider-Man. He would have to be eight-legged yeah. uh, arachnid man. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Wolverine, it would have to be the guy with claws and, and sideburns. Man, Mr. Bone Claws, and you <laughs> can't you can't have the Human Torch. You got to have this guy instead. I caramba! I'm lifting up into the sky. I have the power to control flame. I've been given these incredible powers for a reason. From this day on, I shall fight to bring us together. Such is the vow of El Diablo. Ah yes, Latino yes. stereotype man. <laughs> wow, he came up with that name real quick. Like, <laughs> like I would not come up with a superhero name like a minute after finding I had powers. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can, it's almost as if that just he'd been waiting for those powers. Yeah, like El Diablo was just ready. Yeah, he's just like, oh, well, I can finally live my my superhero persona. Yeah, because because I know about those. This isn't like a huge awakening or anything like that for a whole bunch of people. So, so this title is sort of a cheat. Because it technically did have a comic book, but not at time of release. The comic book came out as a promotional tie-in for the mm. second game, which was, uh, and it was Image Comics, so, but I mean, but this used to happen quite a bit. So it was yeah. more of a marketing tool. So technically, this this counts on the list. But that game was, was like any good superhero or Jack Kirby uh, superhero comic of the time, guess who they had to fight in the follow-up? Uh, well, the Third Reich. The Third Reich. They had to the fight the Nazis. <laughs> Got to punch Nazis. Although I went back and like I, I didn't get a chance to play the sequel, but I did go back and watch a bunch of cutscenes from it. And it's like they don't actually seem to be fighting Nazis at any point. They're just introducing new superheroes. Like there's like a Saudi Arabian woman who like goes from uh, wearing a niqab to like uh, looking like a green eye dream of genie and. She joins the the freedom. Well, it's, force. it's generic enough. The Third Reich can just be anybody. That I, can join I guess so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems it seems to go all over the place and not necessarily be tied to the forties. When do I you don't know. when do you punch the Southern kid with a tiki torch? Is that in that uh, game? Hopefully, all the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do have more ridiculous ass voice clips. Patriot Park, but is that ice in July? That's impossible. Observe the awesome power of Energy X. You're making a believer out of me, Spaceman. <laughs> to action. Yeah, I like that the, the 2D cutscenes in this, I think, are very deliberately patterned after, like, the 
1960s Fantastic Four and like Spider-Man cartoons where like you just have these like static images that were drawn by Marvel artists and they wouldn't move very much mm-hmm. if at all and they'd con- continually reuse them and just like put them in different places like you see a lot of that in uh, here yeah and to be more specific and I know I'm not allowed to talk about the Simpsons anymore but it's like no, the, the hilarious three minute a comic book uh, when they're reading the first Radioactive Man mm-hmm. and that's like exactly how the scenes come out my God, an atomic bomb. <laughs> All Adam Westy. Yeah, they sound very like, I would even kick it further back to like radio serials of like the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. It's like some yeah, some guy just doing like his that. own Foley in the background. Yeah. Like, oh, oh no. Mm-hmm. You know? with, with fewer cigarette advertisements. Yeah. <laughs> Superman wants you to smoke Laramie's. <laughs> that's, that's a Simpsons reference that too. That's Simpsons. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Paul Malls, there's your there's your good go to okay. radio yes. reference. No, but for some reason, I just I had a lot of boxes of this game around my office when I worked at Vivendi, and I think it's because we worked with the Rational on SWAT Four, mm. and there might have been I think we had some kind of publishing arrangement with them or whatever. But the first game was an EA game, and then so we had a lot yeah. of copies of the sequel. Second one was a Sierra game, so that was under the yeah. Vivendi yeah. umbrella. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, uh, someone pick this up because the Rationals. Doesn't care anymore. Yeah, I, w- I will say uh, the first game I-, I got it on Steam does not play particularly well with Windows 10, so you may have to fiddle around with compatibility. <laughs> but it is a-, a weird feeling to uh, just walk through that tutorial as Minuteman and click on a thug and accidentally smash an apartment building instead. Uh, just level the fucker. Anyway, let's move on to number three. Listen, we've got enough clout right now for one major bill, not both. What do you want me to push forward? Do you want to be the president who cured cancer or the president who solved world hunger? Well, cancer had a good run, but it's time to put it down. Good choice. I know you guys know what this is. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's motherfucking Keith oh, David yeah. in Saints Row 4. Yeah. They live. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a weird-ass entry into the Saints Row series. Like, remember when it started out as, like, just, just like this mall brand GTA knockoff and, like, gradually developed its own voice and then like number four they're just like fuck it we're a superhero game now we're going off the rails it's in the matrix um yeah three three kind of peaked there where they they reached the point of self-awareness and but yeah four was just like okay we are fully self-aware and now we're going completely ridiculous and over the top um and yeah, yeah that that was like the opening cutscene of the game like w- you start the game as the president deciding what you're going to do yeah well you go through like a fir- uh, a first mission where you're like a covert strike force and yeah. you stop terrorists from like they launch a missile and you, you ride the missile, you ride the missile <laughs> while uh, Aerosmith's uh, song from Armageddon plays I don't want to close my yes. eyes and everybody <laughs> says their passionate goodbyes to you in the first 10 minutes of the game and instead you defuse the missile and fall directly into the oval office and like ah you're president now I, and who, who here chose? I of course for my voice and my character. Just I by default choose Nolan North. Of course, why wouldn't you be Nolan, Nolan North? North? Nolan North, everyone. <laughs> and of course, the first yeah, thing I tried no. to do as president was fuck Keith David, and he's the only character in the game that says no. You walk up to your team and you say, "Hey, you want to have sex?" And they go, "No." <laughs> I know you do, but I don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you were talking earlier about Crackdown. How Crackdown sort of like started this formula, and it's kind of like uh, fallen off but like saints row is the one that like really delivered on what crackdown one first gave me yeah it was such a weird game but it was like fantastic just running around causing mayhem throwing cars and all that mm-hmm. 
And it, and it really does, it echoes the same progression in Crackdown where like at first, yeah, you're playing it like a GTA game. You've got guns, you've got cars, and eventually like everything you have is so much better than guns and cars that you, like, they're just things to throw around now. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's so much more fun to just like, I'm going to just run at top speed and, uh, take, you know, 3000 uh, foot leaps across the city skyline and climb up these weird alien towers and punch aliens in the face. And then for the DLC, which I think they packed it all together now for get out of hell, you basically mm-hmm. could fly and you yes. went to hell and back. You and had literal <laughs> uh, angel wings. wings. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was a, a Disney musical for some reason. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, technically, that Aerosmith song is a Disney musical because mm. Armageddon Man. was a Disney flick. Oh, shit, touchdown. son! <laughs> oh, my God. It was. Oh. Touchdown Pictures, baby. I, and we, if you're listening to 302010, The Boy Is Mine has been number one. 20 years ago this week, uh, Aerosmith knocked Brandy and Monica down with this awful song. How dare oh. they? How it's, dare they? I could lie I hate awake that song. just to hear you. I'm going to stop. <laughs> oh, my cat is mad. Look, she hated my Steven Tyler impression. Uh, can you blame her? Yeah, Chris, I just brings me back to that time where I was taking the animal cracker slowly up your stomach, looking in deep into your eyes. <laughs> Don't go to space, Matt. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, what did, I, I don't know what I walked into here. Just <laughs> that was a scene in the Disney movie Armageddon, suitable for children. Uh, with Ben Affleck, if with, I remember with, right. With the Affleck, yes. that's right. Yes, and yes. Liv Tyler. With the guy's daughter, who's then singing oh. over that scene. You want to, yeah, let's let's get freaky, y'all. Let's get creepy yeah. right now, okay? This makes me think of that Clerks scene in, in the animated series. Like, if you were Aerosmith, Stephen Tyler, and could have any woman you wanted, who would you choose? And he's like... <laughs> Dante's like Caitlin Bree, and it's like, oh, that's lame. I'd pick Liv Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also a Disney property because that was on ABC. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> and also, uh, did Touchstone distribute it? No, it was Miramax. It was Miramax, which yeah, was, which was also oh, Disney. co-owned by Disney. Yeah. Um, but there, there were two. Going back to Saints Row Four, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there were two ways that you could get and develop your powers. The first is that there were all these checkpoints all over Steelport. It was Steelport in in the third one, right, or Stillwater? I, I always forget. It was Steel. I think you might be right. It was still, we're Steelport. The fourth one. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the fourth one takes place in a modified version of the third game city. So it, it basically pulls a crackdown too, but it does it so much more artfully than crackdown two did where it's just like, okay, it's the same thing, but you've got so many, we've changed a bunch of things. You've got so many new ways of exploring it that it feels like a completely different area, but you, you uh, go and uh, beat up these aliens at these checkpoints. Uh, you fight like a big boss and you jump inside them and uh, steal their data, I guess, since it's all a simulation. And then you get, Transported away to learn a new power. So what did I get? Huh? Teleportation? Laser vision? Bone claws? Please let it be bone claws. Whoa. Looks like the ability to freeze people and objects with an ice blast. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I just love the way the breathless way says bone claws. I mean that would have been a way better bone generic claws. Wolverine name as we were thinking of them. Yeah. Just bone claws. Bone oh, claws. Damn it. Bone claws is ready. <laughs> That is a real specific Wolverine origin reference. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, he was no, he was stripped of his animanium for uh, technically uh, pushing up my glasses yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you pinch the bread you your nose when you <laughs> when you go into the nerd persona. No need. I can completely do this on my own. Thank okay. You. Uh, 
<laughs> or you could just, again, pull a crackdown and uh, collect glowing orbs all over the place Little to orbs. grow your abilities. It seems that anything that broke the normal rules of the simulation deposited loose data that can be incorporated into your programming. Huh. I actually kind of understand that. But since the data is so fragmented, it doesn't leave behind a complete subroutine to loop into your code base. Nope. Never mind, you're talking gibberish again. Ugh. It's simple. The more clusters you get, the more you can upgrade and alter your abilities. Ah, we're talking the same language. Yeah, see? In other words, there's there's great little things to collect all over the damn place, and they improve your character. And then you can buy uh, fake uh, bootleg Boba Fett costumes and Han Solo pistols, and uh, there's so much... But honestly, like, yeah, un- unlicensed stuff gear. in here. Why would you need to upgrade anything when you get a fucking dubstep gun? Oh, well, that was going to be next. <laughs> Good to be the president. Like, no matter how powered I got, that was the one gun I was always happy to, to use. <laughs> because, it's, like, this this game just says yes to the player so much. It's like, yes, a- anything you want to do. You want a big stupid gun that's going to make everyone dance and then explode? Yes. Here you go. Here it is. Just aim it wherever you want. Fucking rip the world apart. I don't fucking care. So, I yeah, I kind of love this game. Yeah, it was the series that... It was like, hey, you guys want to play as a toilet? No, no one wants that. That's fine. You can be a toilet. Yeah, be a toilet anyway, <laughs> whether you want it or not. You'll you'll grow and uh, improve from the experience. And then, actually, strangely enough, I think the weakest parts of this were the ones where it sent you on actual story missions because then it would yes. take you out of the open world where you had all these awesome superpowers and it's like, okay, now you're in this other simulation where you have to play by different rules so sometimes it's like, you get to use your superpowers, or it's a regular GTA game, or it's a side-scrolling brawler, or it's a text adventure it really varies pretty wildly but, yeah, Saints Row 4 so much fun yeah, and you can usually pick this game up for like 5 bucks yeah. on sale get with, it remastered with the DLC. on yeah. PS4 yeah, it's always in those sales it oh, was, yeah. it's like that and the Metro Redux are like always <laughs> next to each other on sale so, no excuse if you haven't played it by now yeah. just go grab it and, and and hopefully it will come to uh, Switch because they just announced Saints Row 3 is coming to Switch oh, sweet. sometime I hadn't heard that Wow, that's amazing uh, yeah, and I think it, I mean, this came out, like, right before current-gen consoles did. Like, I, I remember, like, they were... It seemed like they were trying to beat GTA Five to the punch by a couple months, so this was, like, late 2013. Consoles would come out next year, I think. Yeah, because the remaster came shortly thereafter, where it was sort of a bubble game. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so I think some people did miss it, but now there's no excuse. Go get it. Yeah. I reviewed it for IGN. But I didn't review this for IGN! Number two... Starts to glow. Say the word. Henshin! Henshin and Go-Go, baby! Yeah. Yeah. Everybody loves which game? Beautiful Joe. It is Beautiful, Beautiful Joe. Joe. Beautiful uh, Joe. And uh, this, one, this one's close to my heart. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I, I enjoy, on the other side, the Super Sentai and Kamen Rider... And beautiful Joe is is their yeah. take on that. Uh, it's it's so good, so, so It's good. true. I guess this is our only Please. anime entry on I the guess list, so, right? yeah. or manga, oh, if no. you will, to mm. be technically correct. Well, I mean, there's no need to slander it like that. 
it's it's really it's based on tokusatsu uh, TV shows from the sixties, <laughs> which you can see by Thank the camera you. filter that comes over the screen when Joe loses his powers and becomes just regular Joe. God, the nerd voice is getting a lot of work this episode. <laughs> from you're welcome. <laughs> from the sixties and today, because they still produce Kamen right. Rider and Super Sentai yeah. to this yeah. day. And I mean, is, is what we call Power Rangers now produced in the U.S. or is it still made in Japan? No, it's still made in Japan. They, they, they get to—they're like two years behind. They get to pick and choose what they want to oh, use. Nice. Do you want the Choo Choo Power Rangers? I say yes, but Saban said no, hmm. so they're waiting on Choo Choo Power. Rangers. Yeah, and then I think they film like the U.S. side and like New Zealand or something like that. It's—it's it's, it's really weird. Wow. Yes, thirty twenty ten fans, stay tuned for the twentieth anniversary of the Mystic Knights of Tier Nanu. Jesus Christ! Oh, that's uh, a deep cut. You should be ashamed uh, of yourself for referencing week. that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's first of all with the with the announcement of like Streets of Rage four. I mean, you guys have heard me like I want a new Final Fight Streets of Rage game. Like I don't know why those fell out of fashion. It's just mindless fun. Like make the mechanics a little sillier and weirder and like add more special moves in and why is that genre dead it shouldn't be dead but beautiful joe is is weirdly like we were just talking about it the other day because i did un- i do have an a beautiful joe action figure in the box that i Ooh. don't know where it came from that's probably worth uh, because i never saw them in the wild yeah I've ne- it's it's in immaculate condition i've never ever seen it and i know where i got it from i just don't know where it came from hmm. uh but that beautiful joe is almost like the final fight follow-up that i wanted Hmm. Like kind of like the, kind of like the one, the one niche thing you could add to a final fight game: the ability to rewind and fast forward. Yeah, yeah. time and yeah, the time manipulation stuff was amazing. Um, I'd love, I'd love Mike your take because you you seem pretty familiar with like the the source material. Was any of that included, like the Kamen Rider stuff, and or any of that, or was that all new just for Beautiful Joe? Uh no the the rewind thing was was pretty much uh, all new I I believe like the idea that they were trying to go for was that it was like like a TV show almost so you could go back and rewind and, and hmm. you know see the same fights over and over again like you could on like you know if you were watching it back in the day on VHS or DVD or whatever yeah well that's the thing that Joe is a boy from the real world who goes into the movie world and so his powers are movie based or film based am I in inside the movie correct my young friend I am Captain Blue I am no longer able to fight because I have been defeated you must take my place as the new action hero Oh my god. Yep. And but you get to do this which is makes it all worthwhile. That's the slow motion ability and it has so many uses. Uh it can stop propellers dead in their tracks so if you're trying to get on a floating platform it'll drop down to where you can get to it. But mostly it's just really good for beating the shit out of enemies in dramatic slow-mo close-ups and also uh if they shoot a bullet at you, you can see the bullet and punch it out of the air. Or uh, you get past traps doing that that are fast-moving. And again, it's interesting that it's not just slow-mo, it's zoom. And then the fast motion, uh, it, it kind of pans, pans out, out and makes you smaller. Yeah. It's funny, you were, you were mentioning the premise, and I think partially my attachment to this series has to do with the fact that it's the same setup to Last Action Hero. 
And then that quote you played, the guy literally says, you are the new action hero. And I went, oh, my God. I keep thinking Last Action Hero is underrated. And then I think I watched it a while ago. And it's like, oh, man, that's so many interesting ideas executed so badly. And yeah, no, last last action hero is just rated. Like, just yeah, rated. it's just, just rated. rated. That's true. I mean, on the upside, Charles Dance, uh, Tywin Lannister is the villain in it. So yeah. Veronica Vaughn is introducing. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Charles Dance is having a ton of fun in that movie. Oh, absolutely. Like you can tell. Yeah. I mean, it's no Golden Child, but that's mm. fine. No, <laughs> that's a perfect excellent. It is totally Golden oh, Child. <laughs> I think you're right. It really is. What does it say that all I remember about Overblown Golden Child? High Concept Vanity Projects. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. All I remember about Golden Child are the, the creepy-ass monsters and the bit where he's spinning the prayer wheel and just goes, I, 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 I want the knife. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and you got to do the extra spin. No, but the, yeah. the villain, of course, was was the same man, was Tywin Lannister. Was it? Yes, that's why I brought him Holy up. He's, he was the villain in Golden Child. Yes. Huh. <laughs> man, I didn't know that. I don't just... Think of the Golden Child all day, like got, some of you would believe. I haven't seen that movie since the '80s, so I kind of need to go back and see it again. Probably, maybe, mm. probably. Not. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. It might be a yeah, last action hero. It's, it's just right. Could. It's 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 just there. <laughs> it's just rated. Yeah. Well, this has been a red hot kick or red hot take. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. Who likes beautiful Cho? We all like Beautiful Me. Joe. Everybody I should like, like Beautiful we, Joe. Yeah, we should. We brought him up on our Sharks episode a few weeks ago We as did, well. because he fights Grand Bruce, the, the Shark Man boss. Yes. Uh, and then this, yeah, as we discussed a couple weeks ago, there was Beautiful Joe 2, which is supposed to be great, but I, I don't remember playing it at all. Uh, and then Red it's Hot Rumble. Very the same. It's like, it's like the same. It was very similar to Beautiful Joe 1. And so hmm. I think they kind of blend together. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was the series that had, like, a brawler and, and a cart racer. It had all these other spin-off games mm-hmm. before it really got a chance to get you, off the you ground. Don't, you don't start going in earnest with the spin-offs after the second game. you got to wait a little while. That's right. You yeah. know, follow the Naughty Dog model. You make three games, you go three then games. you do the cart That's racer. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and just a shout-out to the... When I worked at Capcom, to the beautiful dipshit who somehow managed to find my phone number, call me, and yell at me to make Beautiful Joe 3. <laughs> That's probably that. where that figure came from. Wow. You said you couldn't remember where it came you from. You would assume that happens every day at every video game developer. It never happened to anyone except for me and only with Beautiful Let's Joe 3. Let's call up Tim Turi. And I told that Let's man, see if that happens I agreed with you. Let's call Tim Turi right <laughs> Let's now. see if that's still yeah, happening. Tell us, tell us more about this incident, because it's been a while since you've talked about it. Well, it was... Really? Has it been a while? Well, it's only because like he called, like called him, like, "What the fuck, man? Beautiful Joe was great. Why don't you make like, who are you? How did you get this number? <laughs> he lead you with think that? I am. And, and uh, yeah, totally. Like, I, like a direct call too, which I don't know how he like picked it out of really? a hat. I didn't. I purposely didn't make business cards so I wouldn't be guilted into giving them out at Paxes. It's. I'm uh, guessing it was. I don't know how he got the number. He probably just dialed. A on the directory, and you might have been the first. Wasn't one. looking for me. This will date it. This will date it. And he's like, and another thing, you don't put out enough games on Wii U. Actually, sir, <laughs> we have a Wii U game coming out this week. <laughs> you do? Yes, it's called Monster Hunter Three Ultimate, and I think you're really gonna like it. You just walked your ass into a sales pitch, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, by the end of this angry phone call, I had got him to promise to buy Monster. <laughs> <laughs> what an, what an you asshole. Go. You should have been employee of the month yeah. just for that. 
just like if there was like a line of complaints for that company, the guy who wants Beautiful Joe three on Wii U has to go to the very back. <laughs> and I said, "Sir, we make exactly the right number of Wii U games. Just you wait." <laughs> This is a console with no legs. Oh, sad. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of sequels... That, over, that, that glorified leapfrog deserved to mm. die. <laughs> speaking of sequels, uh, this game has several and still has not uh, resorted to a kart racer, although at this point I would gladly accept one. Bren always pushed me to keep my power secret. If anyone knew a conduit was in town, there'd be a manhunt. And it happened before. But that night, I wasn't worried. I'd use my powers to get the job done, then the two of us would take off. We'd be miles away before the DUP showed up. That's from the most recent entry in this franchise. Okay, that's why. You're trying to swerve us. So this is Lowly. infamous. Yeah. This yes. is infamous. But this was the last one because I didn't play the last That's a yeah. neon-powered yeah, one, right? Yeah, this... This was first light, mm-hmm. so I was yeah because I, I reviewed all of them, which was, so sort, was like, oh, okay. sort of a DLC, but it was a standalone thing. So which, which they did for two with the vampire DLC. Yes. Although I feel like was I haven't played enough of First Light, but was First Light meatier than uh, Festival of Blood? Uh, I I wouldn't say Festival mm. of Blood. I got about yeah. ten to fifteen hours out of Festival. Right. Yeah, it was fun. Because you could just straight up fly around the city. That's what I'd always wanted out of an infamous game mm-hmm. was the ability to fly. Because that's the one thing that game that has great kind of city trans- transversal and getting around. But it, if you lose your flow, it kind of sucks. You just you stop cold. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, the, the vampire DLC lets you just fly around. It's like, here, just go there. Um, but, yeah, I didn't actually play any of the current gen infamouses. Really? Yeah. Either. Huh. I, I stuck out. in the last gen with Infamous One and Two with with old Cole. Yeah, Second Son and First Light are both really good, but of course, yes, the series began with the original Infamous, where you you had electrical powers that would sound like this. Get away from me! So you you uh, play as Cole McGrath, a bike messenger who gets electrical powers just suddenly handed to him when he's in the middle of this explosion caused by this artifact called the Ray Sphere. And uh, as, you, as you grow his powers, like you start out with like these basic blasts that are kind of like a pistol shot. And as you develop different powers, like it kind of feels more like a shooter where it's like, okay, this is the electrical blast. It feels like a sniper rifle. This is the electrical blast. It's like a machine gun. Yeah. This is the one that's like a grenade launcher. Uh, but uh, you're getting around, what was it, Empire City in the first game, which is completely wrecked. Yep. And uh, this is actually one of the, the issues that I had with the first game was that, like, you don't really meet super-powered enemies very often. Like, there's a couple, but for the most part, you're just fighting goons with guns. Yep. And I felt like you get shot at constantly. In that first game, I think that's the. I think that's intentional, though. And the reason being, so this is one of those games. If you played it a certain way, is sort of an exception to our list because you can actually be a super villain. Mm-hmm. You, you can use the dark force powers right, yes. and shock normal people and 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 kill everyone. We're, we're assuming good karma on this list, yes, but yes, yeah. there is that choice, and it kind of became more pronounced in the sequel when it affected uh, who your allies would actually be. That was the twist, too, at the end. Ah, yes. That that the thing that you were fighting, Mm -hmm. the beast, was you 
from the future or something like yeah. that? Well, the, 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 the villain from the first game, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't played Infamous and, and do want to play, uh, skip ahead. Villain in the first game was you from the future who was trying to toughen you up so that you could fight the beast, which was this monster that would destroy everything. And then in the second game, you meet the beast and he's a guy that you knew in the first game, and you have the option, like, do I destroy the beast, or do I join forces with him and take over society and kill all the normal humans? But, uh, again, those choices would determine, like, who you'd hang out with, who your allies would be. No, if, if you're going to swap powers with anyone, it needs to be me. You pick her and we're through, man. You pick her? I have no choice, Cole. I have to hunt you down like a criminal. <sighs> Who's going to be your girlfriend, Kuo, the former FBI agent with ice powers, or Nyx, the swamp lady who has fire powers and a nasty disposition? Neither. It's going to be Zeke. My good buddy Zeke is going to be my girlfriend. (laughs) Oh, I've got Zeke. What are you saying? That old Zeke needs to go back to his roof and just chill? Yes! That he's only good for a laugh? Yes! But when it's go time, he ain't worth a damn? That what you're saying, Cole? Yes. This isn't a game, Zeke. Yes, it is. Not anymore. <laughs> but just because you got powers didn't make you better than everyone else. Not by a long shot. Man, I hated Zeke in the first game so much. Yeah. And then he redeems himself in the second one. And becomes, I think, a much more interesting character who's fun to have around. So, I mean, he kind of is that archetype like Herc plays in the yeah. Far Cry games. He's like, he's like yeah. the overweight hick best buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit here on my lawn chair and... Watch the world go to hell. Yeah. I've got Elvis glasses and guns for some reason. <laughs> My name's Zeke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, tell- you're telling me that guy didn't end up being the big bad at the end. I pegged that I mean, depending on how you played two, he could be. Although, really, calling him the big bad is sort of... He goes down like a bitch, but... Um, yeah, because yeah. cause he's like, you know, powers don't make you uh, all that better than the rest of us. No, it, no, Zeke, they in fact mm-hmm. do. In that world, they yeah. definitely they, do. They make you much stronger, <laughs> certainly. But And also, uh, Cole's better because he can uh, defibrillate people who are dying of heart attacks on the street all the time. Which yes, is you can that, That's kind of a cool what? ability that you have. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think this this game might epitomize this list for us because there were cutscenes that were drawn in a comic style. And even the city itself, even though it was sort of realistic looking, had a little bit of that layer where it, it could have been, you know, drawn out of a comic or something like that. Where it wasn't cell shaded, but it had a little bit of that feel to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like it felt sort of like a Batman comic city or something like that. So, but yeah, I mean, this is. There was no comic, but this is a guy who just gets these powers and can increase his powers over time, and it's yep. very, very superhero. And that's the thing. They were kind of setting out to make it. And this is Sucker Punch, the guys who did uh, Sly Cooper games. So, um, yeah, this was sort of a new thing for yeah. them. Uh, and that, that was one of the things that was missing in a lot of the games, like the ability to interact with the people and to save them or, or doom them. Uh, sometimes accidentally you just land and then like you'd kill a person you'd just be like oh yeah. oops I'm sorry <laughs> it happens sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like a lot of games generally uh, you know like before that didn't give you much in the way of that interaction like the crackdowns or the saints rose where it's just like I mean people whatever mm. 
it's collateral damage. <laughs> whereas Infamous was like, at least try to care about. You know, them. one game that did that I worked on was Scarface, which had a swear uh, button. You could walk up to anyone and randomly that. cuss at them, and but, then fuck you. But what you could not do was run them over with your car. Yep, <laughs> couldn't run them over, couldn't shoot them. Tony does not kill innocent people. <laughs> you got our rolls, man. Yeah, they made him a bit more heroic in that game than he was he, in the movie. He's like the predator, but instead of if you're holding a weapon, all you have to do is hold cocaine, and he mm-hmm. will kill you. Yeah, well, they, they they danced around the cocaine issue in that by saying, like, no, he's he's actually clean and sober now. Yeah. He, he just has rage abilities that he can call on <laughs> in the middle of battle. It's not a coke-fueled lunatic rush or anything. Like we're going for realism when the way the movie ended, the game yeah. picks up where the movie ends. It's yep. like, come on. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. You can just get shot in the back and fall into the pool and... Roll credits. <laughs> but um, Infamous, wow. Uh, yeah, you kind of had these working class heroes in each of these games. Like Cole McGrath was a bike messenger. Uh, Delson Rowe of Infamous Second Son, was he, he was just like a punk. He was a Native American graffiti artist who's, uh, he, he just kind of lives near Seattle uh, with his tribe and they get attacked by these uh conduit hunters like the this government agency that like oh these conduits escaped from this prison bus we're gonna interrogate you by placing stone shards yeah, concrete shards in everyone's bodies and it's like oh that's kind of fucked up government lady that you would just do that and and leave people there and i have to go steal your powers in order to heal everybody but i guess you know it's classic hero's journey stuff so that's cool so i was one of those people when Infamous came out, who was actually a much bigger fan of Prototype, which is not on this list because you are very much a villain in that game. But I felt like the powers in Prototype were more fun, the traversal was more fun. Mm. And uh, Infamous, by contrast, like it, it kind of felt a little stiffer and it was a, surprisingly a little bit bleaker. Like the, the city that it took place in was very drab and gray and. Uh, but then I feel like with two, it, it really kind of picked up the pace. It got really colorful and it, it rapidly outpaced prototype. And then uh, by the time Second Son came out, they actually like took a bunch of the traversal lessons from that so that you could just like, I'm just going to turn into a cloud of neon and run at top speed across the landscape and just tear ass up walls without yeah. breaking stride. And uh, it's it's just... Like, you, you play First Light where you get those neon powers right off the bat, whereas you had to work for them in Second yeah. Sun. Yeah. It, stiff was a good description you had there. Because mm. I just remember a lot of time spent climbing buildings. Yeah. And it was almost the Assassin's Creed climbing mechanic, and it, it just took a long time. Yeah. Well, it was uh, like you're hitting the button, you're hitting the button. Maybe, yeah. like, there's a flagpole or something, and you accidentally get stuck on it. And yeah. Like, okay. But but then, you know, yeah, the one advantage prototype had, it, it was running on that Hulk engine, because it was Radical, same mm-hmm. dev. Yeah. Um, and in, in the Hulk games, you could just run up walls and so they just did the same thing they're like yeah you can, you can just run up these buildings it's yeah. no problem same and actually Spider-Man. Spider-Man you can do that as well now and it feels super good in the new game so yeah bring it full circle yep and uh, Delson in, in Second Son also had a he was played by Troy Baker who I, I forget who plays his brother Hank but I know it's like it's Troy Baker's best friend in real life so that they could have a certain natural rapport Game Boy and I over there are going to have a little conversation conduit to conduit no normals allowed? Fine. 
If you need me, be right outside, okay? Owen, thank you for all your help. Couldn't have done it without you. Oh, wait, I already, already did. did. I know, it wasn't funny the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like Second Son a lot. Uh, obviously, yeah, and that was that was a great showcase because I, I remember that was one of the big PS4. I, I don't know if it was at launch or near it launch. Was near launch, I think. But it, they were it, showing it off before it, launch, so it was like a huge deal. Yeah, but it was one of their showcase games, and that was a beautiful looking game at the time, especially with some of the neon powers. Like they made sure each power had like a different color associated mm-hmm. with it, so the lighting looked fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that was the first photo mode game, which is oh, like yeah. pretty normal now. Nice. Yeah, oh. yeah. I remember they also really liked to use the Dual Shock in interesting ways, like the graffiti mini game, where like you're actually supposed to hold it sideways, like it's a spray can, and oh. shake it. Uh, they had the uh, th- they used the controller speaker a lot, which was annoying because you, I don't think you can shut it off. Like, there's not an option to say, no. like, don't ever run audio through my controller. I'm using headphones. But, yeah, it's uh, it was it was a cool showcase. And, like, they mapped all these things to the touchpad, I think, like, more than pretty much anything else that uses it as a start button. I think that's the strongest vibe I got off it, and maybe what kept me away from that game was it did feel a lot like a tech showcase more than a game. It was like, hey, look at these pretty smoke effects we can do and light effects. Hey, look at, yeah, we're using everything on this controller. It's very much what a launch game is supposed to do. I get it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I can go back and pick it up because it it seems like yeah. for some reason I thought the the kind of the internet over time had said, oh, that wasn't as good as Infamous 2. I mean, I'm. Uh, you you might be able to speak to this yeah. better than me, Mike. Uh, I like it more. I, I think if in a second son, like you, you were talking about that that thing with that that feeling of flow and movement mm-hmm. with all the different powers, like you could really get around the city a lot easier than you could in the previous Infamous, where like you know you had to uh, what was it grinding on electric rails? Yeah. Electric, uh, like his like power lines. fastest movement ability. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, you could like fly short distances or do the uh, flash run with the neon powers or stuff like that. So uh, I enjoyed it more than the previous two but I don't know like it's one of those things where it's definitely a launch PS4 game Mm -hmm. and open world games have sort of moved on Mm -hmm. so I mean if you can get it for like five, five, ten bucks it, it's probably worth at least seeing yeah. from sort of an artifact perspective. It's still pretty fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see yeah. if Sucker Punch goes back because, you know, this right now they're working on Ghosts of Tsushima. And so all they did was Sly Cooper and then Infamous for a while. And mm-hmm. so are we going to get more Infamous is kind of the question still out there. Yeah. And it's amazing how many people think Spider-Man is done by Sucker Punch. Really? Um I, I noticed this a lot. Like they, they, they get Sucker Punch and Insomniac confused <laughs> because of this. Like I'll, I'll hear people like in interviews being like, "So you did Infamous?" Like, no, no, that's that's a different. Sony <sighs> Can studio. confirm, I have done that <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> like, no, we did Fuse. Get it straight. Uh, actually, I, I did. I do remember like talking to. Uh, one of the developers of Infamous 2, when that was coming out, like, are you going to put in a, a fast travel system this time? Because first game didn't have one. And he, I think what he said was something along the lines of, 
My philosophy is that if you have to put a fast travel into your system into your open world game, it's not that much fun to get around in. And it's like, that's a good point. You do make it fun to get around. On the other hand, like, there are times when, like, there's a mission across the map. I don't care how fun it is to get from point A to B. I still have to do that. So. Yeah. Uh, you you have that in Spider-Man. They, they unlock fast travel later on. And, like, I generally would default to swinging around. Mm-hmm. But occasionally, like, yeah, their mission would be, like, like... 20,000 whatever units away and you're just like I mean I don't yeah. care. I don't let, Although, let's let's just get To be fair, that. I think Spider-Man might be the one exception to that thing I just said because yeah. I, I I I will always opt for swinging across the city. I don't care how far it is. That's fun. Um it yeah. is. It's a ton. You of heard fun. it here folks. Notorious swinger Michael Rapaz. Yes, I swing like a motherfucker. <laughs> uh anyway, <laughs> That's I call first to fuck Michael. Gross. <laughs> Once again, I don't know what I've gotten into here. We're making a terrible first clear. impression, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been our top five. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll talk about some uh, pack experiences, some news, some new releases, and your answers to last week's question of the week. So stay tuned. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins away. Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30 2010. Here's a clip from 1988. But there's something I think even more notable on August 6th. Uh, Absolutely. August 6th. Uh, let's see if the, if the old people out there can get this uh, from the theme song. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Yo MTV Raps. Yes. Oh my god. I, right. I was fucking baffled. This show's created by Ted Demi. This is a huge deal mm-hmm. that this got on the air at the time that it did. Like it, it was it's really revolutionary. It is. And like I, I love if you grew up, I think let, let me see here. The show lasted for until nineteen ninety five. Ran for over uh, almost two thousand episodes. Oh my lord! <laughs> Most of which was a two-hour blocks. Um, it's name-checked in a bunch of mm-hmm. rap songs because at the time in hip hop, it was like a hallmark. If you hit this spot, you're gonna brag about it. You can hear sure. it in Ice Cube's uh, "Today Was a Good Day." Mm-hmm. I believe MC Hammer shouts them out. And have you seen her? He shouts out Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. No, not that one. But yeah, this bizarre that there are two Dr. Dre's. I think the story goes. One has an MD, one has a PhD, so that's how they tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LazerTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to our second segment where we will uh, actually talk about PAX for a little bit because uh, you, Matt, and Mike, you both went to PAX while Chris and I stayed far 
far away from it. Um, how was it? As Not only did we go to PAX together, we were on a PAX panel together. Yes, we were. So Mike was on the panel uh, with, that I that Cat uh, hosted, which for US Gamer, which was all about Mass Effect, one of the greatest RPGs of all time. So it was uh, Mike, myself, Cat, and Austin Walker from Waypoint. Yeah, that was great. It was uh, the the crowd was really good. It was a good selection of panelists, and the room was full. So like it went as well. Uh, as we expected, we were a little worried, but when we got there, it was like, oh, okay, I yeah. guess people do care. I got to the theater and I saw a long line. With, there was some like C-team acting stuff going on next at the next theater, oh. and I went, oh, okay, the line must be for them. And then I, I was asking the person, I'm like, hey, uh, I'm on the next panel. How do I you know, get into the room and stuff? And they were like, oh, oh, you wait in line for the panel. It's right there. And the line... It was completely full and had a little bit of an overflow area even. And I said, no, no, I'm on the panel. And so, yeah, I had to kind of get through a crowd of people to get in. So that was exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time. But Mike and I, what did we do? We talked about our favorite moments. We watched a Mass Effect sex scene with a room full of people, which was not awkward at all. Mm. Um, Yeah. Your tone leads me to doubt that statement It was a little little awkward. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was it was a little weird, <laughs> as, as awkward as you would think. But like, no, just think they're all your mom. Oh no, wait, that makes it so much worse. <laughs> so, but then Ooh, afterwards, some uh, some VGA Laser Time fans came up, and we went out for cocktails together. So, uh, yeah, you just might hear from them uh, a little bit later Sounds in the show. Sexy, mm. uh, but yeah, it went well. Uh, other than that. I was working the show like all four days, half day, and then I would have some time afterwards to go check stuff out. So I didn't get much time to see games, but I did see a few games. Um, Artifact was right next to my booth, so boy, do I know a lot about Shoutcasters talking about Artifact for eight hours a day. Do you? Uh, yeah, as a yeah. non-Dota 2 player, all I know is I could care less about Artifact. <laughs> but, but Is that what they were saying over and over again? <laughs> you could care less about Artifact! But no, I, it had it always had a long line, and so... The kind of people who are going to be into Artifact are going to be into Artifact. But uh, it has all the, the, the nice credentials. Is Richard Garfield, the dude who developed Magic and overly complex Android Netrunner, which has awesome art. What else did I see at the show? Oh, I saw our friends Brett and Tim Turry from Capcom and walked they by. They don't count and, as games. Well, they were showing games. They were showing <laughs> Mega Man 11 is looking fantastic. And if you can believe it, it's only a month away. So wow. there's your free plug, Tim. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention on the panel, Michael. I did manage to get an ass effect. We were we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about the the sex box scandals, and then I, I snuck it in there as requested. Ah, so, there you go. High five. All right. Um, I was just kidding. You made an ass effect out of yourself. Thank you. Ha <laughs> ha. Sure <laughs> did. Um, what else did I play? I, I played I'm, in the indie mega booth. I played a game. Uh, we got codes for a game that I want to play again around Halloween. A game called Monster Prom, which has been ah, out. Yes. Been out for a little bit of time, but there's a new version coming with DLC. It's basically a competitive dating sim where you compete for the affections of monster stereotypes at high school uh, and it's just really cleverly written lots of f-bombs lots of drug references um we were talking it kind of plays more like a board game where you you mm-hmm. pick what you want to do in a given day and that affects yeah. your stats and, and then, i think it's turn-based and that like we didn't we didn't play multiplayer full disclosure yeah. we yeah. did get just we mentioned that the the codes we got were free right yes yes okay. so you got free codes to play so, the game and yes so yeah. bases are covered f Whatever it is, FTC, FTC is off yeah, our yeah, backs. Yeah. Off our backs so. um, but yeah, the, it, it was fun, and like you kind of get to uh, choose like so you have like what like six different monsters that you can try to date, and 
pick which one. Like, ooh, do I want to go for the ghost party girl or the the mean uh, Medusa who uh, is she's is, like business like yeah. she's the business woman, the business gorgon. And of course, I went or, for the ghost girl or the the dipshit football all star werewolf werewolf boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, it's fun. I think. I think we should probably play it around Halloween time. Play mm-hmm. a little multiplayer. It could be fun. Yeah. It's, it's promised. And it's it's like dirt cheap on Steam. I checked it out. It's like 12 bucks or something like yeah. that. So, uh, I, I, In the Indie Mega Booth, I played a game called um, Elysium Disco. I might have gotten that wrong. but Interesting. It is like a cross between an adventure game with Inception. So the way the game works is you have a lot of this internal dialogue. And depending on what your response you choose, you can actually open up like branching narratives and and so it basically it implants the idea so it, in the beginning of the game i chose it's like wait why am i passed out i don't know where i am oh it's clearly because i'm a superstar and so then after that that was like always one of the choices is oh because i'm a superstar and then if i picked another thing it, it basically is like it adds thoughts and ideas to the point where there's like 10 dialogue options in the tree huh has a really cool art style uh yeah so that that was neat um I, I didn't get to play it, but it, it is, if you're looking for it, it's Disco Elysium. It's the other way around. Oh, Disco Elysium, my bad. My bad. I'm intrigued either way. <laughs> I played a little bit of Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight, <laughs> which was a very stylish <laughs> dancing sim. Uh, there was no line. Don't, don't, don't fault me. Uh, I got to play Killer Queen Black with uh, eight people total. That is a very cool premise an interesting game. Uh, anxious to see how it plays out so on Switch. I've I've seen that game in in the wild multiple times. Okay. The original Killer Queen. Yes. I have never had a chance to play it, so I don't know what it is because there has always been a huge crowd around it. And from what I can glimpse, I don't quite get why. But it's what makes this game so fucking special. So Killer Queen, for those who don't know, is sort of like a it's a retro arcade style brand new game. And and yeah, it's it's only it's found in select arcades. Um, so Killer Queen Black is just the Switch version of that. And the the way the game works, it's a competitive game. There's kind of three ways to win. You can either win by killing the other team's queen three times through very much like a joust-like combat mechanic. Mm. Or you can play as these drones that try to collect berries and fill your little beehive with berries. So that's the economic win. Uh. Or one of you can just hop on and ride a snail to a very slow victory. And so... What's cool about it is you, you kind of have to keep your eye on everything that's going on. You have to watch the snail to make sure someone's not hopping on there for the win. It's, it's like the opposite of the golden snitch. It's just very slow. Right, right. And then so then you have to watch the resources and say, oh, are they filling their berries? Do we need to fill ours quicker? Do we need to, you can, There's some light combat if you're a drone. You can kind of throw a berry very weakly. Or if you're one of the queens, they, they, they have the joust-like kind of sword combat. Mm-hmm. And as a queen, you can take out the other drones. And so uh, it's just fun because it's a little frantic. There's a lot to keep track of. I'm just intrigued by the concept of an eight-player multiplayer game on Switch. I, I want to know how that's going to work out. So, hmm. Yeah, but that's something to keep an eye on. Um, another game I played, I, I spent some chunk of time on, uh, and I think you did too, Mike, was The Quiet Man. It sounds so yes, ominous. Yes, The Quiet Man <laughs> from Square Enix Japan, which you wouldn't expect. Oh, the, the dumbest trailer from E3? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, The Quiet Man. So The Quiet Man... All right, like you guys tell me what you would think. If the demo were the first thing they say to you is, just so you know, this game is 95% um, a movie, 5% gameplay. Oh, and the main character is deaf, and so there won't be any audio. It's, huh. <laughs> and, but then hands me headphones. And I'm like... And it's in VR. <laughs> no, so, so, what's, so 
the game starts and it is it's full motion video. It's it's FMV of the highest variety. It has an actor who looks like a cross between a young Tom Brady and AJ Styles soccer mom hair. Can't criticize your acting if you're not actually doing any. (laughs) And and there are some scenes where you do hear people speaking, and then the camera kind of goes as if, okay, now we're putting you in the main character's head. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you can't hear when people are talking to you. You hear – it's like people are talking to you underwater. It's really muffled. Mm -hmm. But there are no subtitles, which I thought was kind of a weird choice because – there are even times where people like sign to you or you can tell this guy can sort of read lips. So if you are supposed to be being that character, wouldn't they at least be able to have the occasional subtitle of stuff he's picking up? With, yeah, like you know, subtitle of the sign language. Right. Subtitle the sign language, at least like give me the illusion that I can understand sign language. So no, as a person who lives in civilization, you should know American sign language, <laughs> you heartless fucking monster. Um, and then the actual <laughs> gameplay. It's probably good that it was only 5%. It is... It's a very sloppy brawler in its current form. Like it's, it's it's Yakuza, and, and the, yeah. they they hmm. told me um, that it's actually the Yakuza action director. Hmm. Um, wow. It's like a really sloppy version of Yakuza. Yes, yeah. a, a slow and 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 sad Yakuza. Like, and it has <laughs> heat actions, but like there there there's no UI. So whenever you have the like ability to do a heat action, they put like a blue lens flare up in the top corner. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but it it's it's I mean like the battles are only like a minute tops. Yeah. Maybe two. And then you move on to to another like live action segment where it's like, "Oh, here's a flashback where some person is talking to him, and of course you can't hear what they're saying." So <laughs> uh and yeah, it's 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 a very weird game, uh, and it's meant to be beaten in a total of three hours. Like it's just like they're like it's just a one and done. Like you do it for three hours and then you're done and that's it. Yeah. So it's got style going for it. I will give it that. Like the the FMV is some top notch, just crazy FMV. It's 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 just yeah. I don't know. They've you got to give them credit. They made some bold choices. Hmm. Don't know how that's going to pan out. Um, you, you didn't play anything to see why those choices were made to begin with? No, it's just... I don't know, man. It's a weird game. Like, before you yeah. guys I'm described old. it, I, I genuinely thought this was, story was going to end like... And then someone came up and told us we'd just been staring at a TV with static the whole time. Like, <laughs> yeah. This isn't it's, it. it's, it's, uh, so that's sort of yeah. what I played. Mike, did you? I'm sure you probably had more time to, to get your hands on more games and probably some more like behind closed door stuff. Uh, I actually didn't. Mm. That that was one of the weird things. I was doing a lot of interviews, so I played uh, the Quiet Man. I played Artifact, oh. uh, which was um, a very CCG card game. Like it's very Gwent. Oh, that's and, the Valve game. And, right? Yeah, it's, that's the Valve yeah. that's tied into Dota. Uh, the one thing, Mike, we were talking about, it's very lane based. So there's like three lanes. The way you win is you either you. So it it, it ties into Dota in that you're in a lane, uh, and then you there are three towers. Like if you get through the lane, you get you can destroy the player's tower, and then if you destroy the tower, it, it calls out an ancient. If I'm getting all my Dota terminology correctly, could guess what? I've never played Dota 2. Uh, and then, so you can either win by just focusing on one lane to destroying the tower and the ancient, or 
destroying two towers in two separate lanes. And so there's a little bit right. of strategy of, okay, am I going to just focus all my defense on this one thing or, or you know, am I going to spread things out? So, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems pretty complex. And I I think it's, it is just... It's going to appeal to Dota fans. Like, it's a great way to get Dota fans excited and, and playing an extra thing while they wait for their next match of Dota. Hmm. Yeah, and, and, and they, they, I guess, Valve being Valve, Games Industry did an interview with them that went up today where they were like, yeah, there's no way to, like, gain cards in-game. Like, you get a starter packs, and then you got to buy cards. Like, that's it. Like, we're just treating this like it's a physical card game, but it's a digital one. Enjoy. (laughs) Got to respect the chutzpah just to be like, yeah, (laughs) nope, nope, just got to do it. Uh, You're going to pay $100 for a fucking hat for your Dota character. Fuck Uh, yeah. Bring on the hats. Oh, I played one more game I forgot to mention. Uh, Metal Wolf Chaos XD. the most important one. Uh, Richard! (laughs) So, I can see now why that game was sort of considered ahead of its time like because this was back what original xbox right was, was yeah. and it, it has this cool mechanic Three xboxes ago it has this mechanic where like the way you choose your weapons you you press the b button and then you can scroll on either side like uh for what weapon to to outfit and then you lock it in with b and so then that weapon is mapped to that trigger which i don't know i, I more associate the trigger type gameplay stuff starting with the 360 generation for some reason you know, like i know i get the xbox controller sort of mm-hmm. had that but I, it, for me it's you know yeah. No, you use the black and the white buttons. Remember yeah, that's those? That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they had a different feel. They were they were oval mm-hmm, shaped. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that, that game is not just silly. It's I thought it was really fucking fun. No, I, that's the thing is I I didn't pick up a ton of the silliness. Like it, it, yeah, it's there a little bit, but it wasn't as over the top as I was sort of expecting because I'd heard stories. Oh, was it all the unwitting American soldiers that bleed a lot when you shoot them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, <laughs> as you're tearing through this vice presidential coup. No, but in terms of gameplay, it's fun. It. It still has sort of Xbox visuals with maybe slightly upgraded textures or something, but it's it's not. Don't go in expecting like current gen visuals or anything like that. But no, it's. Uh, I just think it's cool that it's happening, and yeah, I can see why people would have wanted it to come over to these shores, and and we're upset that it didn't. So it's cool that um, Devolver, right? Yeah, Devolver is bringing it over. Yeah, when is that coming out? Do you remember? <sighs> You act like I think I'm, it got you know, delayed. Like, like I host a gaming co- podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I played one more. I think it's Devolver title. I played. Yes. It, it was close. Uh, the Messenger, which segues neatly into. I played the shit out of this game nice. over the weekend. Nice. It is tons of fun. Has anyone else played The Messenger? I I did. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Um, so I was playing it not for review, like we just had an extra code, but I was playing it ahead of uh, doing our weekly uh, stream, and uh, it's it's a, it's a great game. Like it's it gives you that that good retro gaming feel, but they do some interesting things with it. Like so, it starts eight bit Ninja Gaiden style, and then mm-hmm. switches to sixteen bit, and then it sort of plays with that concept a couple of times. Um, and it's not like painfully difficult. So like if you're a semi semi okay player, you can get yeah. through it. Like it's not it's not as hard as Ninja Gaiden was. I, I actually uh, felt like the first few hours were pretty easy. Mm-hmm. 
Like, yeah, no, it, it could. I, I, I had more trouble with Guacamelee 2 like mm. the week before than I did with The Messenger. Actually, the most trouble I've had with The Messenger is uh, jumping puzzles and spike traps because those get unforgiving. It's not as bad as something like a thousand and one spikes, but it's still it, it'll give you much more trouble than the enemies. I, so I played the intro yeah. like the first 20 or 30 minutes and it had that thing where if you hit something midair, you can then do a double jump. Does that? Does that yes. carry over for the rest of the game? Yes, yes. Okay. and that, that's, that's a part of it. Basically, a lot of the puzzles he's talking about are based on that mechanic and the squirrel suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wingsuit, <laughs> whatever suit. it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that I, allows you to glide. I, I love the, the writing in this game yeah. because it's so goofball at odds with the you know serious ninja presentation. Yeah. It's like you, you meet this shopkeeper and it's like, what if you could glide majestically <laughs> through uh, currents of air? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, shut up. Have a wingsuit. Get out of here. It is very much if Devolver released a Ninja Gaiden yeah, game. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. This is Devolver Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Also, yeah, the shopkeep is fun because you can pester him for stories, and then he'll just like have these fairly long little parables that sometimes relate to the plot and usually don't, but it's just like, you know, just sort of the writers flexing. And, and at one point he says, like, can you imagine some poor writer just work, toiling away in the middle of the night to come up with all this flavor text? Like, give me a break. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll tell you a story later. <laughs> I think he snuck that past yeah. his editor. Yeah, I'm guessing. Could be, could be. So yeah, Mess- Messenger technically I think was last week, but we didn't really have a chance to talk yeah. about it much. So. Right, well, it was, it was late last week. It was yeah. the 30th, I want to say, so like Thursday. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple of releases last week. I, I did want to just give a shout out. So Into the Breach released on Switch. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't played Into the Breach, it's excellent. It's a, sort of a roguelike Advanced Wars is, yeah, is how I best Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Save yourself. Don't play it. Because it will, if if it's your if it's your thing, it will take all of your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's by the FTL guys, and it's very much like, oh, I can just do one more run. I almost I almost got further. I almost mm-hmm. got through that time. Totes. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, let's talk about this week, shall we? Um, well, the, most of the stuff that's coming out this week, uh, we haven't had a chance to play yet. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. I bought and then found out at the last minute, oh, that's right, Steam doesn't let you play things at 9 p.m. the night before. You have to wait till 10 in the morning. Yeah. And I bought the code through Green Man Gaming, so I can't get a refund. Yeah, and I I got two free codes, full disclosure, uh, for Chris and I, and so expect us to play that and maybe have some thoughts on that next week's show, because... I don't just have a random spare hundred hours to spend uh, after that. Don't you though? <laughs> don't you? So, uh, Mike, have you played Dragon Quest Eleven? Maybe you can speak to it a bit. Uh, I have played it at other events and stuff, but I did not play uh, the the final re- review release. So I think I played it like right before E three. Okay. Uh, just sat down and played it for like two hours, and it at least to me it felt like a lot like Dragon Quest Eight, which I really enjoyed. So. Um, I've heard but it's one that. of those games that will go way on the back burner because I'm still like 10 hours into Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Octopath Traveler. So it's just kind of like, ah, I guess you're going on the pile. So like, I'm going to buy it, but I won't touch it for a long time. Mm. We, we were actually talking about that at PAX, Mike. We were saying that... We hope this game doesn't slip through the cracks because I, I I played it in German. So from what I played in German at Gamescom, like it's it's a beautiful version of Dragon Quest, and it's so nice to see a Dragon Quest game on like a full console and not handheld. But we were almost curious. I think you said, Mike, what uh, that 
maybe Octopath Traveler might have scratched the JRPG itch for a lot of folks earlier this year. Yeah, so it like it like took that heat that like oh I really want to play a good classic straight up turn based JRPG and I, I if they had just a little bit more time but like Octopath Traveler just came out and there are still people that are like halfway through that and I think those people are going to be fine unless they really love Dragon Quest. Yeah. So uh, so today, Destiny 2 Forsaken came out, and I'm excited about that one. And again, I'll... I can't play it because I'm not Saken. <laughs> it's Forsaken. It's for the... So expect my thoughts on that next week as well, because I want, I want plenty of time to really dig in and play around. You're going to play that? I love Destiny, and I'm not touching it. I, I've played every Destiny expansion now. I see no reason to stop with this one. It has fallen to the lowest priority this week. And did you see that Best Buy is like, they're giving out Destiny 2 for free with any game purchase? Well, it's, it's a PlayStation 4 free game yeah. as well. It's Holy a play, shit. plus free game of the month. So that is straight up Activision saying, here, get the base version so you only need to spend 40 bucks on the new one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just sounds like, here, this is your last chance. This better work. <laughs> I don't you, What someone pointed out to me, I didn't catch it in the trailers. So... They're killing off Cade 6. Spoiler if for the trailer, I Nathan guess. Nathan Fillion. It's, but, yeah, well, it's, but it's not his voice not. in the trailer. It's Nolan North doing Nathan Fillion. No. Yes. 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 No. Yeah, it's like... Nathan Fillion always shows up for voice work. I just finished Gravity Falls. He does, like, one word an episode. So that's the thing is my theory is just Nathan Fillion, he has that new show where he's, like, a cop or something. He might just be too expensive and not have enough time to be doing Kate six that often. Hmm. I really hope that's not the reason for killing off a character, but could be. This is an excuse. He had an ABC show he did for five years and did all the voice work. Yeah, that's true. true. Castle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just didn't name it because I know none of us watched yeah. it. Well, what, I, I do <laughs> my, remember. My mom appreciates that yeah. call out to Castle. Thanks, I, I, I do remember reading an article about like that Nathan Fillion has these two completely different fan bases. That he's got the, yep. the sci-fi nerd, video game nerd fan base, and also middle-aged to older women because of Castle. So he is the 2D and 3D Sonic of people. Yes. <laughs> just get those two groups together. That is the least sexy porno premise I have ever heard. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Destiny 2 Thoughts maybe next week. And then, Mike, you have played, so enlighten us. How fucking good is Spider-Man? It's so good. It's so good. So I was, it was really weird because I was writing the review and at the very beginning I was like, you know, the history of Spider-Man has been littered with a ton of games and I was like, and Spider-Man for PS4 is the best one. And then I sat and thought about it after I wrote that. I was like, I mean, there haven't been that many really good Spider-Man games. There's been like five. And even, and even those five really, if you go back, aren't that great. Like Spider-Man 2 is like, taken by many people as the high point mm-hmm. but like outside of nailing swinging for the very first time yeah it's just okay otherwise mm. my high point is web of shadows and right everything yeah. else from there is kind of a i don't know diminishing returns I liked Sp- yeah and i was going over it with because uh, i originally wrote in the review like it's one of the best and my editor was like so what is the best? I was like, well, I mean, Web of Shadows, but it does different things. And mm-hmm. then I was like, nah, nah, this one is much better. Yeah, yeah. Huh? The Atari 2600 proved me wrong. <laughs> Bet you won't play it. I, yeah. I liked Spider-Man um, 2 a lot because it was like one of the only movie games that I played that like added a bunch of stuff that wasn't in the movie. And that stuff wasn't terrible. 
like the the weird uh, the romantic subplot with Black Cat, the uh, diminishing returns on the Mysterio boss fights. Like I think that's some of the best material I've ever seen in a superhero game. But then yeah, you've got like the the ultimate version. Remember remember Marvel Ultimate books. Uh, I do. And uh, and then, yeah, Web of Shadows, which the main thing I remember about Web of Shadows, well, two things that I remember is that it has the Sentry's Tower, I think. It was like the, the godlike superhero that they introduced. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, uh, you get into a fight with Wolverine where he thinks you're a symbiote, and so he quizzes you on Marvel trivia in order to uh, determine if you're really Spider-Man, which, for me, like... When did we team up against this guy? I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't read comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, real quick yeah, shout out. Uh, so, friend of the show, Chris Baker. Uh, I just got this link sent to me today. He did an excellent video inspired by a previous VGA where he talks all about uh, the Spider-Man Metroidvania games, so the Shattered hmm. Dimensions oh, yeah, yeah. and Web of Shadows. So, uh, shout out to Chris because I know he's listening. What up, man? What up, TV? Nice. So you would you would recommend uh, Spider-Man PS4 then? very strong. I, I would very much I would very much recommend unless you got really really tired of the open world Arkham style of gameplay like Arkham City Arkham Knight hmm. like if like doing that just in your soul hurts you and I know for some people it does. I'm I'm a big open world fan so I'm like let's go. Um yeah, same. It's very well done, it's very well put together and I love the story. I'm actually doing an article about what Marvel can learn from Insomniac Ooh. with their specific version mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. So I, I liked Arkham. I I began to like Arkham City a thousand percent more when I said, "Fuck the Riddler trophies, yeah, fuck yeah. them. I don't need to do this at all." And like the game became so much more fun when I stopped looking for. But Riddler if you've trophies. done it by that point, like it, it's habit from the previous two games, you can't not search for Riddler trophies. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's the thing that's infuriating about it. Like when you're traversing in a really rewarding way, no fast travel necessary across this land, and you're just constantly being hit with beacons and shouts from escaped prisoners who are hungry all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it was just one more thing, one less thing to pay attention to. Yeah, and so they have a crime system like that in this one, but I actually really liked it. Like I ended up getting way more crimes than I probably should have. Like, at a surplus, you get a token for every one you finish. And, uh, like, I'd just be swinging along, and you hear over the police blotter, like, oh, we need backup here. You know, there's a civilian trapped in a car. There's a hostage situation. There's something... But it, like, really makes you feel like Spider-Man. Yeah. Because you, like, swoop in, you know, you web up the bad guys, and then someone's like, ah, you're... Like, one guy was like, ah, Spider-Man, you're a real minch. And then, like, <laughs> you swing away. I'm like, okay. Sure. Like, uh, it, it nails the Spider-Man <laughs> feeling. That was great. <laughs> like, um, I, I will say, like, I, I lined up to play this at E3, like, during the, the, the only free two hours that I had. And it's like, this is going to... I'm going to be in line for an hour. Do I really want to do this? But I'd already been like circling E3 and it's like, there's really not much else I'm, I want to jump onto. So yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give this, I'll give this a shot. And so I get to it and I'm, I'm kind of skeptical. And then like two things hook me immediately. And one is like, yeah, the web swinging obviously feels really, really good. They nailed that. The second is I just remember perching on a building and looking around and seeing like all these 
open world task markers lighting up. And for some people, that's like a nightmarish thing. For me, that's like, oh, I'm home. It's like you're an Assassin's Creed fan or something. Yeah, it makes me feel just really cozy and like, (laughs) oh man, there's stuff I can do in every direction. I'll just swing over and look at that. Hundreds of icons. It's it's like a buffet of activities. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. And so part of what they do to fix that it, it, like I noticed that in the demo, but part of what they do to fix that in the game is they do like you'll do like three or four story missions, and then they'll be like, "And now you can wander the world. Here's one facet of things that you can collect," and then you'll do another three story missions, and they'll be like, "Hey, now you can collect this." So they try to space it out hmm, nice. uh, over the first like probably like five or six hours of the game. As long as I can spend hours chasing down random nibbly-pibblies that don't really have an impact on anything, I am happy. You can catch pigeons, my friend. (laughs) I just came! (laughs) Can't attest, he just came. Can I have Kleenex, Michael? (laughs) Get that up to the mic. We need to hear hear the Kleenex coming out of the box. All right, so speak... uh, Yes. I just can't get over, like, I love... I love Spider-Man and how much sense the spider sense makes in a video game when done well. Yeah. And for everything I can see from the gameplay, like the spider, I love the spider. That's sense. what I've always said is the Batman combat is perfect Spider-Man combat mm. because Batman has Spidey sense in those games. And so yeah. it's sort of home where it belongs. And the one thing I remember from the E3 demo, I don't know how much of this they rely on throughout the rest of the game, but I just love the ability to do the combos with the city environments. And it seemed like wherever there were enemies, there are about 15 things you could grab with your webs and swing around and take out enemies. Like, here, I'm going to web this car and throw it at these enemies. Or I'm going to web this man. There always seems to be a conveniently placed manhole cover or pile of boxes or car to smack enemies with, which that's true Spider-Man combat. You know, it's he's not just punching and kicking. Like, he's, he's an acrobat that uses his environment and his super strength to his advantage i agree i mean that's that that sticks for the 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 full version there's always like a trash can or a wooden pallet or uh you can web up dudes and throw dudes at other dudes which is always great so hot yeah (laughs) uh well you know we're if you folks but but how how is the how is the story in the game the so so it was really weird Uh, sony had a very like long list of stipulations of stuff we could and could not talk about. So I put it towards the end of my review, but the story was actually the part I enjoyed the most. Uh, I I thought they did a really great job with uh, Peter and his world and uh, the primary antagonist of the game, who I will not say, because that's one of the things that they're like, please don't say anything about it. Um, so it's not like that Mr. And, Negative guy that they've already shown off. It is not that Mr. Negative ah. guy, yes. Um, and uh, I really liked MJ. Uh, in the comics, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of MJ. Uh, 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 the character doesn't always work for me. Insomniac decided to essentially make her Lois Lane, which I think worked a lot better. Mm. Uh, gave her a little bit more agency and drive on her own. And, I just gotta uh, get Miles. pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm try- I was trying not to ask about Miles, but I forget it was revealed in the, at E3. Yes, Miles he is in it, and I like the changes to his backstory. And part of my article about what hmm. Marvel can learn is, like, in the comics, they merged Miles from the Ultimate Universe to the classic 616 comic universe. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. never, they haven't worked out how that works yet in his backstory. Mm-hmm. So... 
I, I think Insomniac has a really good take on it, and I, I like the way that the character uh, ends up by the time you finish the game. Nice. Hmm. I reached out to I'm Mike. So excited. I, want, I have so many nerdy Spider-Man questions that I know I'll be able to answer my, for myself in a few hours, so I won't ask for spoiler information. I, I, but I am very <laughs> excited about that. That kind it, of stuff. And I, it's not usually the kind of thing I give a fuck about in games at all. Well, this morning... Yeah, I'm, and there's a lot of stuff that you'll see and you'll be like, uh, knowing as a Spider-Man comics fan, you'll be like, oh, that's that's this, or oh, I know where this is going and stuff like that. But it's it's a lot of fun. So this morning I reached out to Michael and Chris, and I, I this I've identified as a game we would like to do a spoiler cast for. And you folks can make that happen if you go to patreon.com slash laser time. I, I think we will yeah. all probably get a copy and maybe just do a spoiler cast if you hook us up. Ooh, Seriously, good. and you, you, you really need to do that. And please re-unlock the 302010 bonus show. <laughs> a bunch of you jumped off. We're of holding it hostage. The the month. <laughs> and now, yeah, now we have to hold it hostage yeah. again. And we already we recorded it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, if, we will probably have a lot more to say about Spider-Man. If you can get us, I think it's at the $9,500 level we're trying to get for, for to unlock like the spoiler that, cast. Yeah. So. Give or take. Just spoiler cast and D&D show. That's right. Might be recording our first D&D adventure soon. Give you a free yeah, sample. Someone reached out to me today and said he might be our DM. Hmm. He yes. reached out to you? We are friends. I worked ah, at Ubisoft too. Huh. Yes. Well, let's not name any names yet. No, no. But uh, we will. Um, but yeah, I wanted to say briefly one other new release this week that I am very interested to talk about next week is a demo for the Fist of the North Star game being developed by the, the Yakuza devs hit PSN this week. And uh, I am super excited to dive into that. Uh, from what I've seen so far, it looks like a right goof about. So, uh, and what the fuck? Why is early September like this now? I don't know. I don't know. Or <laughs> I, September I, and October yeah. is like a complete shit show of like constant things I want to see and do. I know why. It's because everyone was trying to get out of the way of RDR two in October. There so is September that. has yep. to have stuff. There is that. Yeah. Uh, the Fist of the North Star game is interesting because I was at E three. Have you played um, it? Yeah, I did. I did. I played it at E3, and it was really weird because it was in the, the Sega Atlas booth, and no one was playing it. Um, and I was like, "What? What? what's happening here? Isn't this like a, a Fist of the North Star Yakuza game? And it is. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's goofy, uh, and and it's a little B-grade. Like, you can tell, like, they put it out pretty quickly. Mm. But I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. But... It's the same. Um, and it's 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 Kiryu's voice actor who's who's playing uh, Kenshiro, right? Correct. Yeah. So I'm extremely here for this. <laughs> to use millennial yeah. Twitter parlance, <laughs> and, and that has been your VGA uh, Weeb Minute, brought to you by Crunchyroll. Yeah. Sponsor us. <laughs> brought to you by. Thank you. Thank that you. That is the wrong thing. <laughs> Hey, that, was, that was the Yoshi's <laughs> News. Oh man, so much stuff to talk about. Superman is Geralt. Wow. <laughs> So, yeah, this news just broke um, earlier this week. Uh, Henry Cavill, or Cavill, I don't know how you say his name. Cavill, I think. 
The guy with the digital, digitally mustache. removed mustache. Yeah. Um, he's going to be playing Geralt in the Witcher Netflix TV series. So this was something that was rumored earlier last month. Uh, and actually, yeah, was was in fact true. Uh, so the Netflix series is going to be an eight-part show. Uh, it's being developed by uh, one of the people behind Daredevil, The Defenders. Um, and then, yeah, the show was announced in May. And so there was a lot of speculation, like, who would be Geralt? Because that's – you got to nail that. You got to get the right Geralt. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about this. So, like, as Superman, I'm not – I think he does a – Fine, serviceable job, but Superman. Let's be honest, is sort of in in the worst movie yeah. series. Yeah, he's in a, not a great series, and Superman as a character can sometimes be a bit boring. At least the Superman side, right? Um, mm. Where I have no problem with Cavill as far as his portrayal of Superman. I think he's actually really. But, great. but I'm more intrigued uh, by his other performances. So his performances in the Mission yeah. Impossible series mm-hmm. and the Man from Uncle series, yes. right? Where he sort of shows us more sides of himself. My, my whole thing is like. Geralt's a badass and he's a bad boy. And I don't think maybe it's because he plays Superman, the ultimate boy scout. Like I don't think of Cavill as like a bad boy, but I was trying to think like, I think this is more a problem with Hollywood right now. Like I can't think of of a bad boy. in Hollywood. Yeah. Go, go see fallout. Go see fallout. And, um, yeah, he seems like a bad boy in that. Okay. Yeah. I, I I don't think he necessarily has a, a super wide range <laughs> but I also don't think Geralt is a particularly uh, like the character that you need a super wide range yeah, you mean, for. You mean you're just gonna have to talk like this, <laughs> right? Serious. Right. Yeah. Geralt's really low key, and a lot of it is about the fact that he just doesn't take any nonsense, and everyone sort of bounces off him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I think it could. I work. would say I, if you played three and the DLC from three, we we got to see some fun sides of Geralt and Geralt, especially in the Blood and Wine DLC, where it, where it opens up his friendship with Regis the Vampire, mm-hmm. and so you, he has he can joke. Geralt's got jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sounds like you've got a problem with Estrega and a Metal Gear. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. This is an interesting casting. Maybe what it is. Uh, Henry Cavill's really big and bulky, like he's 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 a built dude. Whereas Geralt's more wiry, you know. He's got he's that. He's pretty like, built. I don't know. You see him with his I, shirt. I off. mean, we would all gladly take those. He's muscles, got some muscle mass. Yeah. So you look at him in that classic, uh, unforgettable bathtub pose that PC Gamer likes to slap on all their coverage. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, is he going to get to have a um, sex scene in front of a unicorn? That's the hmm. important thing. Honest stuff. I unicorn. mean, yeah, probably. Right. And and if you should go look for The Witcher, the original Polish TV show, just to to get a feel for what live action girl can can really look like. <laughs> Is that a bit like the uh, the Korean adaptation of The Witcher? Uh, yeah, because it, it's big in it's it's big in in its home Latvia? country of Poland. Poland. So yeah. so they've already done a TV show there before. I think before the games. Well, came yeah, out. the games are based on mm. a book series. So well, the, yeah. the TV show is also based on the books, you know, a real adult medium, unlike <laughs> video games. So should I go ahead and do a marathon well, of I, that and the Corman Fantastic Four and just call it a night? Sure. I mean, you should watch Doomed, the uh, documentary about the fan- that Fantastic Four movie from Corman is the best Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> it's sad to say. It's, it's really not saying it, much. It nails everything you should. You didn't mean the guy who directed the, Taxi Fantastic couldn't movie. nail the Fantastic Four movie? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. uh, but but um, you should see 
Netflix right now has the best track record for video game adaptations in Castlevania yep, alone. Coming next month. Yes. So coming back next. It, I don't know The Witcher that well, but I would be mad excited because that Castlevania show. It's like they clearly like backed off and let people who know what the fuck they're doing do what they need mm-hmm. to do yeah. to make the best rep. There's a quick product. news item yeah. I missed. And, and that we, show got confirmed for season three before season two has even aired. Right. <laughs> like wow. that's how good wow. it is. Yeah. yeah. I I yeah. can. Uh, and The Witcher. No, I was just going to say, I kind of want them to explore the rest of the Belmont timeline and just make uh, Alucard the constant from season to season. Like, I, oh, I want to see Richter and uh, Soma Cruz and everyone else eventually. <laughs> and Simon, of course. Yeah, the, Simon. Uh, the Witcher TV show benefits from the original author. I, I do not know how to pronounce his name, and I don't want to murder it. Hmm. Um, he's a consultant on it, and he's happy about this because I guess when he sold the the game rights to CD Projekt Red, it was for something super cheap, so he doesn't get much money on it. So he hates the CD Projekt yeah, Red games. Yeah, he badmouths games. those games. Where, if not badmouth, he he certainly doesn't layer praise upon them. Uh, he doesn't. He tries to avoid talking about them. So he's involved with this. So with this, he's happy because Netflix, you know, backed up a truck of money and said, "Like, go." Yep. Say it's good. This is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in our next bit of news, um, Polygon removes scores from their reviews. Hmm. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, uh, they're, they're going to a system now where they just label things uh, as either recommended or as an, as an essential. So they, they said the way to think of it is like recommended is you are nominated for an award and then essentials are things that like win the awards. Those are the best of the best. And the way they're going to... Stop trying to make me read Polygon. <laughs> not going to do well, it. Well, they were even saying it goes on everything. So even videos they make about these games, every article yeah. and games may or may not have sort of a formal what you would think of as a review. It really just depends on how they want to cover it. Um, just well, some- 3D Juegos still has scores. Maybe I'll just go to them for all my coverage from now on. <laughs> yeah. Basically, their justification was games and game coverage has sort of changed. Uh, and, and as a site, they have developed sort of a brand where they it's non-traditional coverage. You know, they're not doing like your typical news stuff and previews and all that. And so they said the last and like like Polygon shouldn't be reviewing anything over a six. Why would well, you? Well, but their whole thing was like the reviews were like the last vestige of like traditional games coverage they were doing. Totally. You know? And so they're like, hey. Yeah, so they were, and they were reviewing only triple A games that can afford the polish that get them into sixth ter- territory or better. Yeah, the, so after yeah. that, you're just like splitting hairs and depending on the interest of the person reading your, your, your yeah. review. But then that makes. There's no way this Naruto game's a 7. It's clearly a 7.5. Like, but then that makes, when shit? you only review 6 and above games, that makes everyone think that, well, the scale starts at 6. Yeah, right. So. Exactly. So the scale was already mm. dumb, and if they were going to start reviewing Steam Greenlight games, which I wouldn't recommend to any editorial outlet if they wanted, they found their time and resources precious, uh, yeah, like, I don't, I don't understand... I don't understand the 10-point scale when you're reviewing almost exclusively AAA games. I, I, will, I will agree with that. I don't understand the 10-point scale. Now, the reason that I, I care about scored reviews is less for people like us and more for the average person. Mm-hmm. Like, the farther you are away from a specific entertainment or product medium, uh, the more likely... Like, like, I just picked up a book on Kindle... And I did not like. I just looked like. What's the star aggregate oh, dude, for this, dude? I'm I'm looking around for robot vacuums. 
I don't want to read every fucking review. <laughs> I want to see like, a star. Oh, this has over a thousand <laughs> reviews and a four and a half star yeah. average. Great. Yeah. I'll buy that. And most of those are Give bots. me a number. So you're, you're reading yeah. reviews of a robot by other bots. Yeah. Just saying. Yes. No, Maybe I think, a robot right. will so, buy so it next. The, the interesting thing that this opens up, <laughs> they've specifically mentioned, I just want to read a quote. It says, you know, games may be reviewed at different times by different authors over many years because games that launch today can look completely different four years from now. And I thought that was interesting. So this, to me, is mm. almost a signal of more what game releases have morphed into. And you mentioned Greenlight, Chris, and, and it relates to things like early... In the days of, like, early access, where you had outlets saying, I'm not going to review PUBG because it's still early access. I won't review it until it's official. Meanwhile, it's been over a year. The thing, you know, like, if you just did your review for PUBG now, you're way late, right? And so this this frees them up to be able to say... Well, I'm going to review a game like or like game like Rainbow Six Siege, right? So mm-hmm. you review that at launch. That game now is way different than it was yes. at release, and it has a ton more content. And so that's probably a game that's worth revisiting and saying, hey, this is what we thought then. This is what we think now. And scores sort of kind of ruin all that because do you change your score? How does that affect Metacritic? And Metacritic ties, relates to all sorts of things in the games industry. And so, yeah, just, just saying bowing out of all that bullshit and, and having a label is is a choice i still like like mike i like having scores because you know it's a nice point of reference to see okay what where yeah. are things averaging what are people mm-hmm. thinking but i i know how to approach reviews and i know that i'm getting that reviewer's take on a thing not necessarily an outlet you know every editor an outlet or that kind of thing yeah so. uh yeah like in the case of rainbow six like you bring that up like even if under the new system so if it wasn't a recommended game before and then it becomes a recommended game, I mean, do they just put the badge on it now? And then, I mean, isn't that just a re-review? Yeah, I think that's what they're saying is he, I think they're reserving the right to remove the badge. Like if a game starts out strong uh, and let's say, you know, some games will do this. They will launch like uh, DLC or microtransactions after release and I think they're saying, yeah, we might have recommended it at one point, but we can we can take it out. Like sort of like you know how Kotaku does like that here's the best games on this platform list that they update and bump right. things on or off. Mm-hmm. Oh, SEO the yeah. article. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, having having done those for a website, I can attest like that is the main reason to do those. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah, but they they put things back on, they bump them off, and so I think this is saying that too, especially with that essentials list. They're like, yeah, that, this is a morphing living list. So mm-hmm. uh, another bit of news here. Yeah, I just want to say one thing. I will freely admit to being a lazy shithead, and I go to Metacritic just to see, like, is this game worth my attention? Mm. And, like, yeah, right. okay, I'll just look at the score. And then if people are, like, talking up a review or talking up a game, then I will go and actually read reviews. But I I only have so much time in a given day. I'm a game and, rankings and most OG of it, dog. I don't need to go to no Metacritic. Most of my reading uh, attention span has to be devoted to uh, people complaining about Trump. On oh, Twitter. So, I, I yes. thought it was the articles in Playboy. <laughs> you were reserving it for the articles because they really are. Right. Sure, that's what we're calling them these days, articles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I judge games that I buy on the same thing I always have, and that's cinematic trade. <laughs> <laughs> um, esports has been deemed too violent by the Olympics. Hmm. So in a statement made oh, by, by an, uh, it was one of the Olympic officials, they basically said, we cannot envision a world where esports is included in the Olympics on any official capacity because it focuses on killing. The ironic thing was the person making that statement was a famous Olympic fencer, a sport that is based mm. on stabbing people with a sword. <laughs> yep. 
But he uh, said, so his, his justification was, well, no, we have adapted that to be a civilized thing yes. where you're not killing. Whereas in, in so in games that But it choose, is 100% based on killing. It is based on killing. It's a safe way to do now, it. What if I... What if I promise to stop killing people in Rocket League and Smash Brothers? <laughs> so, yeah. What I mean, I this is a thing where it's just going to take time. And it's going to take kind of an older generation that thinks that way about video games to probably die off before it starts. Well, I, 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 can, I can meet him halfway and say, who wants video games in the Olympics? Don't right. you watch that shit for, like, the most ancient version of sports you can think of? Literally, like, sports that you would only see at the Olympics because they date back to ancient Greece? Yeah, or yeah, like, it's like the it, curling, curling, yeah. curling. Yeah, or fucking. It, it could. It might as well call it dodo racing. Like, <laughs> oh shit! Here's the only time we'll see yeah. this. I mean, well, I mean, there's like, there's no professional javelin league. There's no discus yeah. league in the U.S. Like that you know of. Well, exactly. you know, I want to bring my shot put skills to another sport with a really heavy <laughs> ball. But I, whatever, dude. Just because you guys wouldn't join my fantasy track and field league, fuck off. <laughs> right. So now nah, that's just and, and it's all, and let's also remember the Olympics has the shooting of guns in it. So shut your yep, mouth. Pretty much. That's yeah. uh, well, that is a great point. A great way to wrap up that story. We have one more news story, really quick. Uh, Bally Williams tables are coming to Pinball FX three. So as you may know, we did a recent show all about did video games. Somebody ga- say wait, pinball. What, 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 oh, is that? It's Dan Amrick. What the hell? I'm glad you did, because uh, I'm Dan Amrick. I'm happy to be uh, called Professor Pinball, even though currently nobody calls me Professor Pinball. But I wanted to weigh in on the acquisition of the Williams license by Zen, because I'm very much for it. If you're not familiar with Zen Studios, they are the other major player in the digital pinball space. They are currently supporting Pinball FX3. That was relaunched last year. It's a very good platform. Uh, Very much built for interactivity, playing against your friends, competitive leaderboards, tournaments, all in one ecosystem. It's very strong. It's, It's a very solid platform. I'm hoping it will be more solid and better supported, generally, uh, than what Farsight was doing. Farsight made good tables, but they weren't really good at putting everything in one convenient ecosystem for all of their players to play. Uh, Some of their support has been spotty. There's been contentious relationships between them and their community because they really don't do a good job of communicating with them. So... Uh, as much as I was sad to see it go, I was kind of happy to see it uh, go to a different company. And there was nobody. I did predict that it might be Zen, and I was kind of hoping that it would be. So that's great news. Uh, Zen currently does a lot of Star Wars and Marvel original tables. It will be interesting to see how they apply their physics and design aesthetic. Again, they have to recreate these tables the way that they exist in real space. But the physics may wind up being tweaked and played differently from the Farsight table simply because they're using their own software engine. I think that Zen's software engine is a little bit more forgiving when it comes to physics. I find that I can save balls that are about to drain a little bit faster. Will that apply to tables that they have not designed from scratch? I don't know. But I do think this is a really good step forward. I'm glad that a major player like Zen uh, is in charge of this license. I do believe that they will do it justice. If you go through their history, you can actually find that some of their quote-unquote original tables are rebuilds and mirror images of famous Midway tables, uh, Williams tables in the first place. Uh, I will say that their extreme table is in fact a mirror image version of Black Knight. Uh, It's not the only table like that. They admitted this uh, once at a, a California Extreme event where I interviewed one of their folks. So I'm looking forward to the future, and I hope you are too. This is good news in the end of the day. So, uh, sorry, I gotta go. Bye. All right, thanks, Dan. With that said, let's move on to our community segment, which is always a segmenting the community. Uh, Last week's question of the week, as you might recall, was... 
What's a game that helped you get through school? Like maybe through a rough period in school. Mike, you weren't here last week. Do you do you have an answer to that? Uh, I would say that for me, it's World of Warcraft. Like uh, better than life. Yeah, being able to connect with people across that and spend uh, many hours at two and three a.m. trying sometimes unsuccessfully to raid together. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that got me through a lot of, uh, potentially lonely times. So World of Warcraft is my jam. Nice. Actually, Chris, you had dropped off last week. Did you want to give us an answer? Uh, Columbine Massacre. Oh. Jesus, dude. <laughs> There's a first edit. It's super <laughs> Columbine Massacre for fuck's sake. Uh, uh, and I was also a very old person then. Um. Uh, uh, I don't have an answer. It was if you, uh, you've heard me tell this. They're all games because, like, uh, and when I went to school, like, uh, gaming was still a thing you didn't openly talk mm-hmm. about. But I was the guy everybody knew knew everything because I was. My parents didn't buy me a lot of games. I would read a lot of games and play other games at the friend's house. So I just became like this weirdo video game expert. People would like secretly come up to me in the hall like they were buying drugs and ask me like, "Is this Metal Gear really really as good as people say?" I'm like. Yeah, Can you give me the latest tips and tricks? Um, yeah. Didn't make me cool by any means, but like cool people asked me questions and were friendly to me because of video games, because they were secret. Yeah. And then they said, give me your copy, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Punched you. Fooled you, didn't have a copy. I'm sucking up to you so I can go play yours. Nice. All right. Well, first responder on the laser t- official Laser Time Facebook community is Josh Shoop. Who says, easy answer for me, I'm going to go with Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation 1. As much as I, as oh, much as I love our hero, hero, <laughs> hero, 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 Solid Snake, hero. in this instance, I related with Otacon. Being a geek in high school was tough, so to see him with all his anime stuff in a fantastic video game anime? really helped. Plus, the engaging story of Metal Gear made me replay it many, many, many times. Metal Gear. Snake? Snake! <laughs> Snake. <laughs> uh, Andy Best says, Chrono Trigger. On top of finding it a nice game to escape from dealing with some serious depression issues, it helped me get to know a couple of people in my class, including one of the jocks who became one of my best friends in high school. It also made his parents think that I was a Satanist for inter- introducing him to a game with magic. But them's the breaks. Michael Beachy says, Also Chrono Trigger. The Christmas of my 7th grade year, we got a Super Nintendo, and I snagged a copy of the newly released Chrono Trigger with some Christmas money. That was also the Christmas we moved from Kentucky to Ohio, from a thriving metropolitan school district where all my fellow students were the children of my dad's college professor colleagues, to a dying rural school district where all my fellow students were the children of burnouts and meth heads. Oh man, I feel you there, buddy. It wasn't a great time for me, but earning all the endings in Chrono Trigger, getting everyone to double star level stats and working on a fanfic novelization of the game really helped me through a low point in my education. It also kickstarted my reliance on Squaresoft RPGs as a coping mechanism for social ostracization. I have a copy of that fanfic that I will read in its entirety now, if you don't mind. No, you won't. Okay, I won't. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to Landon Doan, our buddy Landon Doan. Uh, it says, over the Christmas break of my freshman year of high school, I had to, I had to have back surgery. 
which would leave me bedridden for weeks. Uh, someone gifted me a copy of Final Fantasy X in the official Prima Strategy Guide, so I decided to dive headfirst into the game. I ended up uh, repositioning myself so that I was laying on my stomach and my head was closer to my PS2 so I could uh, slightly prop myself up on my elbows and play the game. Probably not the smartest thing to do uh, when I was supposed to be let my back recover, but fuck that. I had hydros uh, for the pain, and <laughs> those 200 bolts of lightning weren't going to dodge themselves. Uh, I ended up putting dozens and dozens of hours in the game, getting all the celestial weapons, recruiting the best blitzball team, side quest, etc. I know everyone loves Final Fantasy VII, but uh, Final Fantasy X will always be my favorite Final Fantasy game because of uh, what it got me through. Final Fantasy X got me through a lot of loneliness. <laughs> so I, I know what you're talking about. That's beautiful. <laughs> got me through a lot of not wanting to play bit Blitzball ever. I liked Blitzball. <laughs> you're a freak. <laughs> well, you don't want to hear Jake the dog yell it's over 80 times? <laughs> Do I? It's over, Finn. Uh, by the way, how about that Adventure Time finale? Oh, man. I I'm not caught up, so I didn't. I'm not going to watch. I haven't it watched. Not, think? I heard about I'm, it, but I've. I'm not caught up, and never did I realize that more than when watching the finale and thinking I have no idea who half of these characters are, and this is like yeah, just this really I, weird, trippy, dreamlike thing that I'm not completely following, honestly. But I, I can't wait to see it because I hear it's if if you followed the series all the way through, it's a, we did a laser time about that a while ago. I don't remember if you were on it, Michael, but it was about animate just animated endings that mattered or show cartoons that actually got finite endings and that is sort yeah, of rare. I really didn't expect cartoons tend to disappear. Yeah, they knew the end was in sight and so they got they were allowed to have like a runway to like end it and that, I thought that was really nice. nice. Well, on vidgamepocalypse.com, first to respond was friend of DeSoto who says, "Definitely the JRPGs got me through school because I was always too chicken to commit to something like God of War or Legend of Zelda or Super Mario." I spent much of junior high playing Pokemon Red and Gold because I was not trusted to get a TV console. When I finally did in high school, did I play Final Fantasy X or twelve? Nope. Borrowed my friends' copies of seven and eight to see what was the hoopla. I spent an entire school year maximizing my stats. In college, I discovered Persona and played through the two PS2 entries. Thinking back on it, time flies, and I wish I spent a little less time playing more... And more time figuring out what I really wanted to do for profit. <laughs> it's like that closing mm, for profit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting. Like, oh, his parents didn't trust him with the TV console, so they just gave him a Game Boy. For me, it was the opposite. Mm. For me, it was like, we can't give you a Game Boy because you'll just play it all the damn time. Yeah. Yeah. I spent enough time in the bathroom. I didn't mm. need another reason to sit on exactly. the Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see because I believe... What's what are the over under on the? Uh, are, is it going to be the N sixty four classic or the Game Boy classic coming out this mm. fall? Yeah, it's got to be the Game Boy classic, right? Like, yeah, I would like the N sixty four. Like we love it, but I, I feel like the Game Boy classic is their ringer. Yeah, dude, and to make a portable version of the SNES classic, please. I, would yeah, love I that. feel like I remember. I think something awful did a thing about like the N sixty four classic, and it's like realizing like oh, there's. There's not that many games that are still at all playable on N64. Well, and most like, of them are rare games, which mm -hmm. Nintendo can't get yeah. now that they have the rare replay. Yeah. Or, 
or owned by uh, MGM and the Broccoli yeah. it's like, production well, company. What, That's what are you going to put on there? Like, yeah, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys? Come Hell on. Hell yeah. <laughs> War Gods and uh, Mario 64. Oh. And then, of course, there's the, oh. the wonderful Twitter thread about, like, 2016 they released the NES Classic, 2017 the Super Nintendo Classic, 2018 the N64 Classic, then GameCube Classic, then Wii Classic, then Wii U Classic, and they, they start releasing classics for systems that aren't out yet, and... Mm. Like, to the point where it's like, this caused a severe controversy because it contained, uh, seemed to be built around characters that were human and something else. It's like, in, implying that there's like an alien singularity somewhere in the Nintendo console release <laughs> timeline. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Hey, Mike, how about you read this one from Brandon Fraser? My high school run was all about the Dreamcast and Neo Geo Pocket, specifically the fighting games. Any classes I shared with my friends, we would spend the whole time talking about games like Power Stone 2, King of Fighters 98, and Street Fighter Alpha 3. During lunch breaks, we used to bring in a Dreamcast and play Capcom vs. SNK for the entire duration, and every Friday after school was spent together playing these games. We also immediately loved the Neo Geo Pocket and used to play it right in the middle of class. We never got busted, but I also got the impression that all of our teachers would rather be elsewhere every day they came in. So they they, they used the Neo Geo Pocket to slowly destroy their teachers psychologically. Nice. Well, also, it has horoscope well, if you turn uh, it on sleepy, without a cartridge in it. <laughs> sleepy Face says there's, there's quite a few, but I, I suppose the one most worth mentioning is the Advance Wars series. I transferred schools junior year, uh, going from a spacey open campus to a gated and densely packed closed campus. The kids were dicks, too. Luckily, I managed to latch on to a handful of like-minded nerds, and we bonded over an unending rivalry in Advance Wars. It went as far as uh, each of us pulling other kids into the fold of our students, uh, imparting our knowledge and helping them to develop their own approach, uh, and then sicking them on each other. It was a ton of fun. For the record, I shared a defense-oriented Andy through the, uh, throughout the series with Hachi in the second game, and Sasha in the third as my alternates. I barely know what you mean uh, there, Sleepy, but I do I do love Advance Wars. I love the idea of Sleepy recruiting little mini-armies of their own to have little mini-Advance War <laughs> battles, skirmishes, if you will. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, at uh, Mom's Secret Recipe says, Fantasy Star Online right into Final Fantasy XI absorbed so much time, I would have just spent feeling sorry for myself. Oh, a friend of the show, at Johnny Barnstorm, says, Shining Force 2 and CD, I remember playing through a real rough part of high school. Okay, and we have a couple video responses this week. Uh, first from Triskitable. Responses, by the way, that I captured live at PAX. Yes? Okay. I'm Reese Igner. Uh, you probably know me as Triskitable. But when I... My formative game was... Uh, it came out... It's probably more recent than a lot of people. But uh, my freshman year of high school was 2011 to 2012. So Mass Effect 3 came out right at the end of the first semester. And it was a game that I really... I, I, I don't think I needed it, but it's a game that I wanted because um, I, I grew up as a queer dude and I was kind of closeted out to a lot of people and I wasn't sure about uh, how, how to go about expressing myself. And, and I was a bit of an asshole in high school as well. 
but I have friends who pushed for me to be more comfortable with myself, and Mass Effect 3 had both Steve Cortez and Kaden Alenko as optional gay romances for a male shepherd, and I think just seeing that, having it treated as some sort of normal thing, uh, was something that I needed in, my, like, in those formative years, because keep in mind, I was 14 years old, I was, a, I was just a kid, so being able to grow past this like asshole Reese phase into like more queer and kind of bitter uh, was something that I needed in my life. And not to mention the fact that I just really enjoyed Mass Effect 3. <laughs> Why did it start playing Tom Jones? <laughs> Why was I recording you? inside a Persona game? I don't know. <laughs> we have another one from Todd Harrison. Yeah, was somebody bowling in the background that whole clip? It was in underneath a restaurant. It was, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Todd Harrison. You may know me as Todd Harrison in the Laser Time community on Facebook. Oh, Todd and Harrison. The game that I remember playing in school was uh, I played Grand Theft Auto Vice City um, in college over the summer, and I just remember it was like 80 degrees in the summer, of course, it is warm, and then uh, that kind of went nicely with Miami, and uh, Having a good time. That's it. Awesome. Nice. That is an attractive laser time shirt, by the way, Todd Harrison. Thank you for uh, representing our brand in public. He represented well. He's the PAX IDARB champion, Todd Harrison. Oh, shit, son. That's awesome. (laughs) That's amazing. All right. Well, that does it for our community responses. New question of the week in honor of this week's theme. If you could create your own superhero persona, what would your deal be? Um, I think um, I'd just be Wikiparas because I've got a thing for thinly veiled secret identity nods. And uh, my superpower would just be automatically thinking a question and then uh, being able to fake knowledge of the response. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Someone else. Go. So you'd be a podcast host. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I'd just be able to hide the parts where I look shit up in real life. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I would create a superhero whose only power is to kill the president. Uh, don't get us in trouble, man. <laughs> I didn't threaten anybody. His name is John Wilkes Truth. <laughs> 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 no way that redeemed it. There, there's oh, Jesus from from truthbrary dot org. I don't know if I can cut Did that. Did you notice that good. he in one of those segments he introduces it as Truth Library instead of Truthbrary? Like he forgot his own pun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Truthbrary. <laughs> Mike, what would you be? Uh. Uh, I would uh, have the power to make other people break out into song and dance. I, I basically would make my life a musical uh, because that is a power that you can use for good or for ill. Wasn't it a Buffy villain could do that? You're a yes. villain, dog. Yes, there was an entire Buffy episode where a villain did that. And this is why I said you could use it for good or for ill. I see. Oh, one more time with feeling. That's the episode. You've inspired me there, Mike. I think my power would be um, I would I would spread peace and love and joy wherever I went. And so there would be no conflict. And my name would be Dude Love. And I would come out to a song that had a disco theme. 
And I'm sure I'm not basing that on any sort of wrestling character played by Mick Foley whatsoever. Uh, okay, I knew this was a reference to Sure aren't Cactus Matt. <laughs> bang, bang! Uh, I forgot to mention my costume would be an eight-foot armored robot suit just because I have severe body image issues. Uh, <laughs> so what would your custom superhero persona be? Let us know. Go to vigigameapocalypse.com. Let us know under the comments for episode 280. Alternately, you can go to the official Laser Time Facebook community, and uh, there'll be a thread there you can answer, or you can just hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. So that's been our show. Uh, Mike, where can people find your stuff? This is where we go out with plugs. So you can find me every day at usgamer.net. And if you want to talk, you can find me on Twitter at Automatic Zen. That's Z E N. All right. Chris? Yes, you can listen to Laser Time, which will hopefully, hopefully be up. A lot of video game talk. We're talking about exquisite ripoffs. The ripoffs we can all acknowledge are ripoffs, yet better than the thing they ripped off. Um, Oreo cookies. There you go. That's a big ripoff. <laughs> it's better than the original. No one wants a Hydrox. It makes, makes me want to vomit just talking about it. It just sounds um, dry. No one cares about Heathcliff. Garfield's the man. Um, <laughs> we also have a new bonus time episode going up where I tell you that I'm really hurt, uh, and I'll tell you why. And uh, what else? Oh, 302010 this week. You like Pokemans? Can you believe Pokemon, uh, the uh, anime version of it, is officially 20 years old as Jeez. of this week? Uh, so you, as a result, are also mm, I want to feel so very mm. old. <laughs> like nobody ever was. Not the games, <laughs> the but the show. The is the rest. The American show. Uh, yeah. Um, if you want to hear Mike and I on our PAX panel, that is now available for free up at usgamer.net under the Axe of the Blood God archives. Um, and if you want to hear us playing D&D, doing spoiler casts for things like Spider-Man, all that cool shit, Go to patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, donate. Raise your donation if you want. We don't care. Or if you're new, just if you haven't done it before, please, even a dollar helps uh, make these dreams a reality. We want to give you more content. Help us do so, please. And uh, Oh, and, and go go yes. to Dan's show. Uh, Princess Leia's Dolan Death Star Plans live uh, in Oakland in October. Please uh, give that go go look up Pal Swap Ninja on uh, Facebook and find all the deets there. I really am going to do my best to be there. Probably won't, Aww. but you should go. And yeah, just to clear up any confusion from last week, yes, uh, Chris will be in the D and D show. We're not leaving him out. We're not fighting. <laughs> Everybody, fucking relax. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. This is oh, really okay. late for Chris. If he drops off, it's because it's past like one a.m. his time. Yeah. Just chill. The, last week was actually <laughs> an emergency. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's been our show. Anything else you guys want to plug before we peace out? Uh, Pinocchio's a really good movie. Is it? Tell me yeah, more. Pretty great. Well, there's all these this. different things that happen in it. I mean, I mean, I've I seen I've seen Dumbo, and I hear this is by the same people, like, and they yeah. both involve noses. <laughs> so, mm. I'm really curious. Uh, they, uh, this is actually before Dumbo. One movie before. Oh Dumbo. man. It's like a prequel. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm done. I can't. <laughs> all right. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas and hit us up at VigigameApocalypse.com to see the things that we put together every week to uh, marginally, nominally support the show. Um, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
He says, also in this directory, oh, please boy. help yourself to uh, Robocom.zip, which is an MP3 of the out-of-print Criterion Collection commentary of Robocop by Paul Verhoeven. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> in which he calls Robocop an American Jesus Christ. Uh, Chris, I will get you that link. <laughs> <laughs> give, give! 